The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Song. That was written by Brian Wilson as a gift to Glenn Campbell. It was written around the same time as Pet Sounds. Could have been on Pet Sounds. He tossed that off and gave it to Glenn Campbell to say thank you, Glenn, for standing in as the bass player and the falsetto voice for six months after Brian Wilson had a breakdown and couldn't go on tour anymore. He, he, Glenn Campbell was a beach boy for six months and uh, the boys said to him, Glenn, do you want to be a beach boy full-time? He said, well, you know... I'm going to go off and try and have a career on my own. I love Glenn Campbell. And I tell you what we're going to do tonight. It's, it's, it, 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 yeah. Um, we've got a guest coming up in about two seconds. Ian, stay there. I'm going to come to you in a second, I promise. We're going to play out, um, a bit later on, the part one of the interview that I did with, um, Chaz. 
Chaz Hodges from Chaz and Dave. We're going to play part one of that a bit later. We'll play part two tomorrow. Uh, we'll play some Glen Campbell songs. And I'll tell you what we'll do as well. We'll play out an interview I did with Glen Campbell. Um, God, how long ago was it? I'm going to say seven or eight years ago. I don't really remember. But we'll play out an interview. It was a different radio station. I don't think they'll mind. Don't tell them, though. Um, we'll play that out later on because I, my love for Glen Campbell is just... It, you know, I was a weird kid at school, man. I was a weird kid at school. You know, when everybody was into... I don't know what the pop scene was then, but people, you know, I knew were into the fall and were into the pogues and stuff. I was digging the monkeys and Glen Campbell and, and very proud of it. And Glen passed away today. It's a blessing in many ways because he was very, very ill. But it doesn't stop it being sad. It does not stop it being sad. Um, 0344 499 1000. Lots of new listeners after last night's show. Thank you, thank you, thank you indeed. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Good evening. My name's Ian Lee. It's not always as heavy like it was yesterday, just so you know. Just so's you know. And also, that gentleman, Leo Hanlon, has uh, asked to come on tonight. And I've told him to jog on. Um, thoroughly unpleasant gentleman. Um, now, uh, you can call in 0344 499 but we have got a guest as well um, I, I want to speak to. Do you remember a, a, a few days ago, maybe it was, it was last week, but maybe Thursday or Friday, I found this story, and it was hidden away. Um, I think it was in the Star, and it was only a few paragraphs, and it was about an acrobat, an amateur acrobat. There's a phrase you don't hear too often. And he had built um, a giant... I say giant. I don't, I don't know what the standard size is for a trapeze. So maybe it was a small one. He built a trapeze rig in his back garden. And according to the newspapers, his neighbours weren't very happy with him. Well, that, um, amateur acrobat was Ian Chidera and Ian joins me now. Good evening, Ian. Hello, Ian. Thanks hey, mate. Having me on. Thank you so much for coming. I was intrigued by your story. An amateur Acrobat, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> well, I, I started um, learning trapeze at circus school um, as a part-time student. So okay. It's becoming a common thing to do. It's not as Is uncommon it? as you might think. Is it really? What the, the, as, as like a hobby? So you, people yeah. might go off and, and race cars or do, you go off and trapeze? That's right. Yes, I do. Um, I, I think you're based in London, aren't you? Yes. So you've if you go to go and visit Regent's Park, uh, at the, tucked away at the back near the zoo, yeah. you'll find uh, a trapeze rig there, which is open to the public. Is there really? I'd never noticed that. Oh. When, when you say, hang on, sorry. <laughs> when you say open to the public, what, it's like a, a skateboard ramp. Anyone can just rock up and have a go. You have to, you have to book before. Right, okay. So they control the number of people who wow. are doing this particular time. But yes, anybody can have a game. We're finding out about this whole subculture. If, if I remember correctly, Ian, are you 55? I am, yes. Um, and how long have you been doing this for? I started in my mid-40s, about 47, 46, 47. Why? 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 <laughs> it's, you know, there are, of all these hobbies, were you, were you particularly active gentleman before then, or, or what was it? Not really. I was becoming a bit of a couch potato. Yep. Um, and... I was a single dad, and I was I was starting to worry about my daughter, who was spending, I thought, too much time in her room, yeah. just looking at her computer. And so my girlfriend at the time um, spotted this um, trapeze uh, course and said, well, why don't you go and do that with, with Katie? Yeah. And uh, 
so we sort of signed up. Yeah. Um, it's that's sort of putting it into a bit of a nutshell. Yeah, no, of course. And happened. your daughter was was uh, was was like, yeah, right, Dad. Yeah, let's go and do trapeze. No, she was a bit bit more hesitant than that. <laughs> 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 but um, the long and story, long and short of it was. Um, we we did it for a few weeks. Yeah. And Katie decided that she didn't like doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, it was too hard. And, um, but I'd sort of got the bug, so I carried on. <laughs> um, uh, you're speaking to someone, Ian. I am, I'm going to stand up here for couch... Well, I'm going to sit down for couch potatoes, because I think um, us lazy blokes, I think we get a hard time, partly because of people like you. Um, uh, and there's nothing wrong with being lazy. I'm also in my mid-40s, and... Um, uh, I'm also, here's the thing, I am terrified of heights. What was it like the first time you got up there? Well, I'm not terrified of heights. Yeah. So I didn't really have a problem, but we certainly do get people coming along to try trapeze who are terrified of heights. Yeah. Um, some people will get up onto the platform and burst into tears. Yeah, some people will just um, not even sort of make it up the ladder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get uh, that. Yeah, we get... I don't know how many. It's. I think a lot of people who are afraid of heights just don't sign Yes, up I would not people. even consider g- coming along to watch the session. <laughs> and how... OK, so you've been doing it for, for around about ten years, thereabouts. How, how good are you now? Can you, uh, can you do that thing where you hang on the trapeze with your legs and then catch a lady? Yes, I can do that. Can you... <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got childish leak, because although I'm terrified of heights, I do enjoy um, taking... I've got two young lads who are seven and five, and, and last year we went to a circus for the first time, and, I, I, you know, they loved it. I, 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 I get very tense watching acrobatics, because I'm just terrified something is going to go wrong. What was it like the first time you did that thing, hanging upside down by your legs and catching a lady? Um, well... Because I've I'd done, I'd done so much training by the time I, that happened. Yeah, it was it was a relief really that it happened. Um, but she was going to be perfectly safe because she was in safety lines. Yeah, There's a, there was a net underneath, um, and I um, I'd done enough of hanging off a trapeze bar with somebody underneath me. In a static situation, yeah. in a static situation, on a low bar, um, just a few inches off the ground, to know that I was going to be able to do it. Um, and uh, Ian, can I just say, I, I, I know you were due for yesterday's show, and thank you so much for being so gracious in us moving you around. It was an odd show, but what 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 a joy after the, the, the interview yesterday to have someone who's answering the questions. It really makes a difference. <laughs> it makes for a much friendlier environment. I tell you. Well, they're easy, they're easy questions to answer. You wait, Ian. I, I love it. Uh, you wait. I'm getting to the tough ones. I'm going to go all Paxman on you. Um, okay. Tell us about the, 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 the rig in the back garden. That's what the story was, wasn't it? That okay. Your neighbours were upset about a big rig you built. I haven't actually built it yet. I've oh, only uh, just put in a planning application for it. Okay. Um, so, yes, and it's, it's creating a bit of... Uh, local tension. How? Before I put my planning application in, I did invite all my neighbours around yes. to talk about it, and I modified my application uh, in the light of what they said, but clearly what they really wanted was no rig at all. Um, how how big is it going to be? Um, it's about 10 metres high, so right. just 30, 33 feet or something like that. Just 33 feet, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, all. It's about 20 metres long and about five or six metres wide. 
Flip it. How big is your garden? Does that take up the whole garden? No, my garden is quite large. It's uh, it's over half an acre. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, flipping it! What are they complaining about then? I I imagined it Thank as you. like a terraced street and you'd have a standard size. Ga- Oh, for goodness sakes. No, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Well, no, I guess... At times, you you tend to take uh, criticism personally. Of course you do. Of course uh, you do. I was was expecting it, but, yeah, it still still feels personal. Yeah, it must have. No, Ian, I'd imagined it just as, an inverted commas, a normal street with normal-sized garden, and it was going to take up the whole thing. But if you've got a bit of land... Oh, then, for goodness sakes, then then do something wonderful and eccentric and slightly different and, you know, and, 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 and creative like that. So, um, so the, the neighbours have kicked off. It's always, I, 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 now we've got lovely, lovely neighbours. Um, but I've lived in places where I've not got on with the neighbours. Um, does it, does it make, you know, going to the shops a bit tense? <laughs> um, well, I think actually from... I get on quite well with most of my neighbours. Um, I've, I'm, the place I live is a little bit unusual because it is a, it's a large house and garden yeah. surrounded by a lot of normal-sized houses and gardens. So I actually have 13 or 14 next-door neighbours. Right. So that's a lot of people who can potentially complain. Yeah. Um, so, yes, um, the, the neighbours I see and talk to regularly, I get on quite well with. Um, but there are a lot of them. And, uh, yeah. So what happens now, Ian? What, 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 can, can they stop it? Where, where are you in the plan? It's currently in the um, consultation phase. Yeah. So it's, it's a live application. And I think until the 16th of August, people can... Uh, view the application online yeah. and make comments, support the application, or um, or oppose it. I don't know. I um. Oh, listen. I, I genuinely, and I wish you the best of luck. And please keep in touch with us and let us know how it goes. Um. I I don't know why I find this is my own prejudice. I don't know why I find myself so surprised that you're such a softly spoken gentleman. I don't <laughs> know what I what I had in my mind. I expected a kind of yeah, hey man, okay. So I'm gonna, you know, I I expected. You, I, I don't know. I'm just surprised, Ian. That's my prejudice on acrobats. I always expect them to be a bit loud and noisy. I imagine. I think we come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> Oh, Ian, I like you. I like you a lot. Listen, I wish you the very best of luck, mate. Keep in touch. Okay. Um, and let us know how it goes, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. Okay, thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. There we go. That was lovely, wasn't it? What a nice man. And and, and thank you again, Ian, because we bumped him around a bit yesterday, because he was due on yesterday's show, and... Um... Oh, I like that. I like that. Let him... Let him build a flipping trapeze in the back garden. Kath, keep on top of that, because I want to find out how that goes, because, um... There's a there's a trapeze in a corner of Regent's Park. You can book as though you were booking a tennis court. What the heck? As my boys would say, what the heck? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. This is the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee, unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I enjoyed that a lot. Thank you. Oh three four four 
499-1000 is the um, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you'd be very, very welcome to. It's a strange show tonight. I'm, fe- I'm feeling down, right? I'm feeling down um, because of Glenn Campbell dying. Because like, genuinely, I love Glenn Campbell, right? I'm also feeling a bit down because I think we're going to go to nuclear war. I think we're going to nuclear war. Um, uh, what's the name of that idiot that runs America? Trump um, has said that if North Korea carries on doing what they're doing, then it's going to be met with something like fire and fury like the world has never seen. Um, yeah, I don't feel particularly safe this evening. So it's a weird old night Tonight, guys, it's a weird old night tonight, but um, well, we're going to be playing Glen Campbell all night, all night. Let's just, it's going to, you know. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, let's go to Alan. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Alan. It's a sad night for the music world. It's a sad night for the music world and a sad night for the world, as not only Glen Campbell has died, we're also all going to die shortly after. Well,. I read the fallout from last night show online. Oh, there'll be fallout from Donald Trump soon. There won't be any online. Yes, last night's show was, um, thanks to all our new listeners, by the way, we made the national press, the local press... Online. uh, And online, the online presses were pumping hard, as they often are. And, um, uh, I didn't get the £90 that the gentleman was going to give me. Neither did Liam. Mr O'Hanlon didn't live up to that. Um, he's been having to go at me all day on Twitter. Sorry, all evening on Twitter. Um, so I, I have stepped away from that story, but everybody that went, I'm st- I'm going to be watching it, okay? And we're going to find out what's happening with those refunds. So don't think I'm totally abandoning it, but uh, we will be we will be uh, keeping an eye on it. Yeah, because it was a compelling radio. It made me forget to call in. Oh, we must do that more often then, Big Al! Well, we've got our own problems in Birmingham with the bins. Oh, yeah. Now, how long is it since your bins have been emptied? Six weeks. Oh, you dirty brummies. You dirty brummies. Stinky Birmingham. Well, yeah. So the council... There's a toss-up between the council and the bin men. Rats. Well, that could be a problem. No, I was calling the council rats. Oh, no, but I thought the bubonic plague might be coming back. Mm, the bubonic plague could be alive and well in Birmingham. Um, so, um, uh, six weeks, that has got to be a stinky old town. I know. A dirty old town. Well, Wasn't that a Glen Campbell song? No. It's some dirty old town. Dirty old town. Gonna get you around. Can't remember. Nope. Daddy old town. Nope. Daddy old town. Nope. No, wasn't it, um, Roger Whittaker? No, that was Durham Town. Oh, you reminded me of tonight's phone-in. I want to, I want to find, I want to compile a list, right, of the top ten. This is a great one, Kath. Come and join me, Kath. Come and join me. Hi, Kath. Okay. This is a great one. Let me wait for her to come in, because I want to I wanna see her face when I deliver this one. I want to see her face when I deliver this. Well, I'm watching on Periscope. Okay. Right, here we go. The top ten... F- it's going to be a top ten off. Galveston, whoa, Galveston! It's not this. 
I can see her poor eyes crying While I wipe the tears she's crying I clean my gun and dream of Galveston I should have done a song I know the words to So, tonight we're going to compile a top the top ten list of the English Fonzies Let me give you an example Oh, I've got one Damon Grant from Brookside Okay There we go David Essex No Yes No, 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 no Yes No, no Yes Caddick Um, I'm sorry The English Fonzie It'll have to be Damon Hill No no, what? and I, I am the arbiter on this. I'll give oh, you well, some... we can't win, then. No, you can. There's no... you just got to get them right. So, we've got <laughs> Damon Grant, right, from Brookside, yeah? Yeah. You get it. Here's... Okay, this is the easy one. This is the um, entree. I went into obscure. Tucker Jenkins. Okay, yeah, fine. Todd right. Carty. No, no, not Todd Carty. What was the actor's name? Yeah, but t- Todd Carty is not the English Fonz. Well, I would have said Mark Fowler. No. Mm, early Mark Fowler. Early Mark Fowler, the first lad. Yeah, yeah. all right, early Mark... There we go, we got it. Early Mark Fowler. Oh. Go on. It's a good, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a good one. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. the English font. There was one in Grange Hill, with heavy eyebrows. Uh, Gripper Stebson. No. Tucker Jenkins. No. Mate, you, you, th- there, is, there was no one else in Grange Hill who was an English font. There was. No, there wasn't. There totally was. God almighty. What was he called? Oh, or, or, gr- or Gruy. Gruy. No, you've not got this. You've not got this. And this isn't going to be one of those ones where people can phone in and vote. No, I I am judge, jury, and executioner. Continue the Am I being execu- executed with insanity? Continue the execution. Finish her. Good evening, Mark. Hello, mate. Can I have an English Fonzie? Oh, an English Fonzie. Well, exactly. Wow. exactly. Um, there we go. Joey from Bread. Thank you. Whoever texted that oh, in. Oh, yes. Yes, Joey from Bread. There we go, wow. you see. You get it. You've got it. Joey from Joey Bread. Joey from Bread. It's a good one, that, isn't it? I think of him. That's a great one. <laughs> loved his mum. He loved his mum. Greetings. Right, Ian, I listened to that fella about a concert. Oh, it was, yeah. It was amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But I will say, fair play to him for coming on. Oh, and no, totally. Although he deflected... Deflected all all the blame. Yep. Fair play. To, you don't get enough of that these days. No, Someone you don't. On and, you don't. Yeah, you know, Mark. Sorry, I called you Liz. His, his name. Uh, no, you don't. Fair play. He came on and he stayed on. And you got to respect see, that. I, see, I went to uh, Let's Rock London in Clapham Common, uh, and um, uh, as an eighties, uh, you know, uh, um, Sister Sledge, um, yeah. Human League, and I, I, just, I just wonder if, if if that had been cancelled, what would have happened there? Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, just, I just found it astounding that, that it was cancer. And, and what about Charlotte Church? Would she have been happy still getting the money and being binned off? Or oh, would well, she? Who, who knows what happened? Here's the thing. The story continues, right? Because um, yeah. there's, there's a big story today about it from the Liverpool Echo. Our friends at the Liverpool Echo is that no one's cleaned up the mess. No one's cleaned up the mess. So that area, that area is 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 a state. And <laughs> they've clarified where the toilets were. The toilets... They were next to the Hillsborough Memorial. So, you know... <gasps> um, God, no! <laughs> oh, yeah! Man, oh, man alive! It gets worse, doesn't it? Oh, it does. <laughs> wow. That's unreal. It really is. It really is. So that's the, the thing. So this, this story's going to go on. I'm, I've sent it to the people at Watchdog. I don't know if they'll be interested in it or not. I think it would suit them down to a T, so it might get on the telly as well. Who knows? But... Yeah. Um, um, we, he never paid the other lad, uh, Liam, the other 90 quid. He said he would... 
So... And oh, he, did, he didn't weigh him in, though. No, 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 no. He's, uh, oh, uh, so, uh, uh, and, and we had a little bit of a spat last night on Twitter. He gave out personal my personal email address, which I thought was a little bit below the belt. And um, so, uh, so I've stepped back, but I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching from afar, and we'll see how it unfolds. Just one more thing, Ian. Yeah, you asked on. the other night for something to watch on Netflix. Yes, I did. One word, my friend. Ozark. Everyone keeps saying this. This is the guy that's from Team Wolf 2, Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason yeah. Bateman. Great actor. Great it, actor. Isn't and he Laura, just? And um, Laura, Laura Linney plays his wife. Okay. And um, it's, it, it, honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Um, okay, I'm going to have some of that. Thank you. Uh, but but for, those, for those in the know, I'm going to speak in a code now. The first two episodes of season three of Rick and Morty are on Netflix, and that's what I was watching earlier on, and laughing like a drain to. Have you seen Rick and Morty, Mark? I, I haven't, mate. No, no. Rick and Morty, it, no. It's no. a filthy cartoon, and it's, it, it is, I, I just, it's absolute filth, and it's gross, and it's hilarious. I love right, it. I'm on Netflix, mate, as soon as I get off this. Thank you. Well, no, hang on. Keep listening to the, Mark, Mark, he's gone. What a muppet. Don't, don't go and let, no. 0344 499 1000. Um, we've got an anonymous texter who says, Jacko from Brushstrokes. No. No. But then Kira says, um, Terry McCann from Minder. Yeah, the Minder. Definitely the Minder. We'll just put the Minder because we all know who we're talking about. The English font. So far we've got Damon Grant from Brookside, Tucker Jenkins, early Mark Fowler, Joey from Bread and the Minder. 0344. Four nine nine one thousand. Whatever you say, probably won't. I fit. know it's not going to go. No, it won't be- Paul Nicholas and just good friends. Oh, let's go to a break. Oh, flipping it. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Strange old show tonight. Um, we're going to play our about half an hour. We'll play the part one of the interview with um, Chaz Hodges from Chaz and Dave, and it is. Absolutely delightful, isn't it? What a nice man. So lovely. Um, and then what we'll do a bit later on, uh, we'll play uh, an interview I did with Glenn Campbell. I, I think, oh, God, I'm at eight years ago, I'm going to say, when he was doing his last tour. It's a really nice interview. Um, and he was just on the turn with the uh, Alzheimer's. Just on the turn. And you'll hear him. What's lo- And I mentioned this last week. What's lovely? Is he, he, there's a few questions, and I, and I, I went in soft, I did, I, cause I didn't wanna throw him, but I asked him a couple of easy questions he didn't know the answer to. How did you meet Jimmy Webb, who wrote, you know, some of the biggest hits that that man ever had? And, um, although this song was written by Alan Toussaint. This is a great one, you know this one? Are you about to murder it? You. It's too soon. Southern nights, have you ever wondered Southern nights? Ah, free as the breeze, not to mention the trees, whispering tunes that you know and love so. Old man, he and his dog that walk the old land. I won't sing the whole thing. No, I don't know it, and neither do you. Someone said in a brilliant, a brilliant English Fonzie. Go on. Whoever's doing this, your number in 646. Put your name on, because these are all gold. Or ring up and claim it, because it looks like you're better at this <laughs> game than me. And I'm going to accept this one. Go on. You may, Let me get a picture of this guy first. Don't look, right? 
because you may not remember because you're, you're a little bit younger than me. Um, mm, 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 mm. This is a good one, right? Then I get this totally. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. This guy's totally. Jack from On The Buses. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, totally in English fonts. No, he's not. He, did you ever watch On The Buses? No. He... Looks bloody awful. He was getting... And I'm... Excuse my language. He was always getting the birds. <laughs> he was that. always getting the birds. Yes. Jack from On The Buses. This is great. Gosh. This is... Like the 70s. This is great. Dark times. Um, what about Lovejoy? No! Just like someone said, how about the person in Boom? I oh, does she mean the Neil Morrissey one? Don't know the names. Mum didn't send it to me. The <laughs> Neil Morrissey character in Boom? No. No. Why? No. no. Why? What? I, I look at this, right? We went and saw it. Uh, I, I don't want to be rude about it, but it wasn't a particularly good film. The, the, the Morrissey film. England is mine. We weren't into it. It wasn't that great, if I'm honest. And I was in a bad mood because there were people filming there. Simon Amstel was directing something there in our cinema. So it meant that we were three minutes in late. Our cinema. Well, we're, I'd bought tickets for it. So we were three minutes late to go into the screen. Anyway, so I was in a bad mood. And I was effing and jeffing away. Um, so we saw that film and it wasn't very good. I thought it was an absolute stinker. I'm Morrissey. The Morrissey in a talk very much like that. No he one was ha- very displeased. No one world. had Manchester accents. No. Um, and on the Some way... Some of them forgot halfway through. They did. On the way back, <laughs> I wanted to know what the time was. So I... T- traditional method. I've got a wristwatch. I looked at it. Put, put my hands in my pocket. Put it out of my pocket. Looked at it. T- twisted my arm back. Put my hand back in. And Kath wanted <laughs> to know the time as well. So, do you know what she did? Get out, get how rude this is. She went, what? I said, I beg your pardon. What? I said, what do you mean? She says, what is the time? <laughs> I said, you don't, you don't just say what. You say, excuse me, uh, what time have you got? <laughs> what? It's like the other day. He was laughing at me for some reason. <laughs> I was eating. Yeah. So I finished my mouth and went, why? Why? <laughs> but it was like, just Why? What? Well? Who? Where? <laughs> Awful behaviour. Conci- concise, that's what it is. Okay, concise. Man. Okay, man. Some would say it was ill-mannered. I mean, you tell me off for talking too much, and then you tell me off being monosyllabic. I can't win. Good evening, Keith. Evening, boss. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 Keith. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you two are flirting. This, I've, suddenly, I've just felt a sexual tension in the room. That was well, throw it back. Me... No. What have you got for you us, Keith? What? I, I, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm totally with Kath on the Lovejoy thing. English Fonz, oh, all t- over. Uh, well, unfortunately, mate, you ain't in charge of this. He's not the English Fonz. He's someone's dad with a mullet. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. You're the boss. What about Sid James? Oh, oh for no! goodness sakes, Keith, you're normally quite on the ball with your funny <laughs> trombone sort of thing and your meat stuff, rubbing your ribs and all that. This has got to be one of the worst calls I've ever taken. Why? Why? <laughs> this, honestly, Keith, after last night's show, I didn't think I could meet anyone more obnoxious. But I'm speaking to you, Keith. <laughs> so, I have to object. <laughs> object objection I mean, sustained. That was a low blow. Objection sustained. 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 Okay. So, sorry, so, Keith. I'm so- I'm supposed to be going to Birmingham this weekend. It stinks, I'm mate. Cooking up there. I'm, I'm supposed to be rubbing my ribs up in Birmingham, but it doesn't sound hygienic. Don't well. Don't go. Don't go. You'd have to wipe your feet when you come out. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be. Um, 
pretty, uh, pretty dirty up there. Six weeks they've not had their bins collected. That's disgusting. That is going to be Ming in. Birmingham. B- Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham. Birmingham. Now, if we can just get something out of Burr, is that pushing it too much? No, I don't think it is. Let's go for it. Birmingham. Birmingham. Burr. Birmingham. Have we got it? Have we got a joke? I think that'll do, Can, yeah. Is, um, do. Uh, are they still doing the Now show on Radio 4? Can we send that in? <laughs> That's 15 quid if they use That's that. That's a bit sophisticated for them. 15 quid if they use that. Burp ming hum. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, a, that's, a, that's the title of the podcast. There tomorrow. we go, you see. Keith, when are we getting... I, I, I saw online some chicken company's going to send us some chicken. When's that happening? Oh, do you know what? I don't think so they've happened. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's happening tonight. I mean, they what do it is, it's a friend of mine. He's opened an amazing um, chicken shop just on Baker Street. Best oh. fried chicken in London. Oh. Um, ex, Ex-DJ and wonderful chef Carl Clark. I've um, never had fried chicken. I've never had a... a, a no, he's never been from KFC. I I've keep n- saying I'm going to take him one I've, day. I've never had fried, highlights. I've never had fried chicken. Don't go to KFC. Well, uh, no, unless they're uh, advertising think, with us. I think they're case. a good entry-level chicken. What's the matter? <laughs> Be snobbish about it. Well, Keith, um, we keep our fingers crossed that you've managed to yeah. blag us some free food. <laughs> That's well, I hope so, because it's very nice. I might just taste them up. That's a great, that's a great um, line for the camp. Yeah, you should try my mate's chicken. Very nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's such a British... <laughs> in America, it's the greatest chicken in the world. The it's, it's the fing- best. It's finger-looking good. This chicken will make... Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> it's okay. No, but it is next-level chicken. I've got to say that. It's, it's, it's you know, the crispiest, juiciest. Most, most well-bred chicken as well, actually. Thank you very much, indeed. We like posh chickens, if that's what he was, um, if that's what he was saying. Good evening, Dan. Good evening. Good evening, Dan. Aunt Jones is who Kath was thinking of. Now, how presumptuous, first of all, but let me just check. I believe I may be correct. No, but I did fancy him. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. I th- the one I was thinking of, yeah. I, think, I think, is, like, Welshy in some way. Right, here we mm. go. But not uh, him. Uh, Mike from The Young Ones, yes. I was literally just about to say that. Uh, He's Mike the cool person, isn't uh, he? Right, mate. Well, of course you were, Dan. All right, mate. Let's let's say Dan was about to say that, because he said he was about to say that. So that means he was probably about to say that. All right, Dan. I knew his surname. You didn't. But it's, yes, I do. It's from The Young Ones. Um, this <laughs> person's cool, an idiot. Um, Tim Vincent. Neil Morrissey. No. But yes, Kevin Webster. Oh no, Mudge Sticks. Mudge Sticks Webster. Not. Uh, yes, I'm I'm the judge here. Um I know you're the judge, but there needs to be a jury. Uh, Matt says Private Walker from Dad's Army. No. And um uh, Anonymous says um Mr. Lucas from Are You Being Served? Are you being serious? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't if think was... so. Oh, I've got another English bonds. Um y- y- you'll know this Dan. Um Grange Hill the cool teacher that went on to be a murderer in um, Coronation Street. I know who you mean. Oh, not, scru- not Scruffy McGuffy, obviously, but he, he was. Um, um, oh balls! Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. <laughs> who was this? Is this people who are tuning in because they heard yesterday's show? Now oh, this is really hard hitting um, news consumer show. Now it's I'm trying to get people to phone in naming the the sexy teacher from Grange Hill. I mean. 
It really is. Dan, thank you very much indeed. 0344 499 the late night alternative on Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. By the way, um, this is the most tw- uh, texts I've ever had. So Talk Radio is 87222, started with the word talk, 25 pence plus your standard. Blah, blah, blah. So Talk Radio is making a fortune out of this show tonight. At last, we're making some money. Catherine, you had another English font for me to um, turn yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alvin Stardust. No. Oh. Because he tried too hard. Oh, so you won't want Shaky then? No, no, God no. What are you Nick talking Cayman? about? Oh, for crying out loud. They're tryhards. Um, let's go to Joe. Good evening, Joe. Hey, hello, Ian. Long time, no chat. <laughs> hello, Joe. That's a very chucklesome voice you've got there, buddy. In it, in it. Are you I being tickled? G- yeah, sort of. Oh. Sort of. It's Uh-oh. been like 24 hours worth of it. Oh. 24 yeah, hours know. worth of tickling. Yeah, Ian, Ian. Yes, mate. Your, your English font, the first one that you said... Yep, Damon was, Grant. Was ...good, right? Yep. All the ones in between... Yep. ...are pretty naff. Right, I'm going to trump mm. you with this one. You're going to kick yourself for not getting this one. I'm looking forward to the it, John. Guy from, the guy from Alf Weed the Shame, Pet. Him with the band. You know the guy? He died of uh, heroin, didn't he? You know the guy? Yeah, Alf Weed Shame, the building program from the 80s. Oh, no. Everyone's sitting at home thinking, yeah, I know, he's got it, he's got it. And you don't know that program. Oh no. <laughs> Hello? 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 Oh, sometimes you feel like you're just talking to yourself. I'll put some music on. I'll put some music on. Oh no, no, where are we? Oh. Oh. What's a man to do? What's a man to do? It's all going so well. well. I think it was Pat Marsh. Huh? Was... Yeah? Pat Marsh? I don't know. Can you Google it? I'm on a really old phone. I can't even Google it. He was a wrestler, this Pat, Pat Marsh. You know, Vita say Pat. He was a wrestler. No, the young skinny guy. Oh. Do you know the guy I mean? The real geezer guy. He's about six foot three, I think. <laughs> no, the really skinny guy. Mm. He had a band. Oh, oh. that's right, yeah. I can't breathe. Oh. I've got no inter- internet. I've got no internet for the last four days. I've got no Vicks micro mist. Because I've got really cold feet as well, man. I shouldn't be I dark. Can't contact, I can't reply to my, my friends on Facebook. Oh. I'm so sad. Well, no, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook! <laughs> if Facebook. Sam Miller... Facebook! Facebook! Sam Weller, if, it, if Sam Weller's listening, sorry I can't reply to your replies. Oh. But Facebook should be for everyone that missed the internet revolution. What was your first <laughs> email address? Account. My email address? No, no, you know, the server, the bit, the Hotmail, Gmail bit. What was your first one? Uh, mine's Hotmail, 
<laughs> that's right. Nigel, right. Nigel Reed of Hotmail. Right, right, yeah, that's a really old one, isn't it, Hotmail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic, isn't it? Classic. <laughs> oh, well, that was a surprise. Cool, good lad. How come good we're lad. talking to get... Are we, are we on the radio? Don't know, don't care. You know what Ian's like. I think he's gone off and left us. Has he gone for a pee? Do you like the Clash? <laughs> you got Clash bootlegged here. No, I'm sorry to hear about Glenn Campbell. Wasn't it terrible? Well, isn't it just? So I, I was so, he was a fantastic singer and entertainer, and I just heard he, he, he died, died today. Well, dig out a tune. You got any music by him? I like that one. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Yeah, 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 I heard, yeah, that was a story, wasn't it? <laughs> mate, mate. 
<laughs> but yeah, you can't trust anything, can you? No, 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 you got to switch everything off at night, especially the microwave. In it. So what's your garden like? Sorry? What's your garden like? Oh, it's nice, yeah, it's a nice, we've got a nice lawn and a big pine tree in the garden and... I've got a little Japanese garden. And oh, cool. A mini Japanese garden. And what, the gravelly thing? Well, it's got, like, some Japanese grass. Oh, way to go. Way to go. Cool. Oh, hang on, I've got a hang on, battery. Hang on, hang on. Stay there, hang on. Oh, my God, hang on, hang on. Plug, plug, hang on. Plug, charger. Oh. Oh, quick, 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 chop, 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 chop. I don't think he found that charger in time. Oh. Evening, Nigel. Evening, Ian. Let's just get some of this business out of the way. Um, uh, Paul from ever-decreasing circles? Yes. What? Mm. English fu- Because he doesn't try. He's so oh. cool. Oh, we're just going on coolness then, not like Junior Ted. Yeah, hang on a minute, Nigel. Sorry. Of course, we're not just going on Junior Ted. We're going on coolness, the cool vibe. So, what's your beef with Essex? He's not. He just doesn't fit it. He's he's just like a nice. Oh, he's cool. He's a nice gypsy bloke, and I'm not saying that to be offensive. He's talked about he's got gypsy blood. He's just a nice gypsy lad. Is it the neckerchief that makes you go against him? It is. It is actually. Um, So we got that. Suggs, no. Uh, Theopolis P. Wildebeest, no. Um, Ted Bovis from Heidi High, no. Nigel! Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got no internet for the last four days, because my me, me old one broke. All, all you're missing is the fact we're going to nuclear war. Oh, well, I've been watching the telly, I've heard that. Um, oh. <laughs> but the thing is, I bought a new one yesterday for £150, and it won't go. A I'll new internet? A new, new PC, a new laptop. For £150? Yeah, but wow. it's, it's an Asus Who's it made one. by? Fisher-Price? No, the Asus one. It's, it's, it's second-hand, but ah. it's, a good, it's in good nick. It was working in the shop, but when I got it home, when I put my dongle in, it's, it seems to be it's not tuned to the dongle, so I can't get a signal. How are you... Where do you put your dongle in? In, in the side of it. It's yeah, like, are you not supposed to put it in the front of it? No, this one is a side one. Is there a one. slot at the back you can put your dongle in? Have you, put your, have you tried to reach around and put your dongle in the back? No. Try and put your dongle in the back. What, is it, it doesn't, doesn't suit work. everybody, but... No. Um, but I don't think... I'll have to take it back to the shop. And that, off. I'll have to take it back to the shop, I think. Yeah, well, um, but, to get, make sure your dongle's clean. Well, it, I, it's, it's a lot of money to lose, £150, if it doesn't work. It, well, it certainly is. But are you sure it's not your internet? No, 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 because I've got, I've got credit on my dongle, so you, credit left. You put credit on your dongle? You put credit on the dongle, like, uh, like a fiver or £20 or whatever, so it, it's, it's just cheaper. I'll have way. 20 quid on my dongle, love. It it's cheaper up? than the contract, anyway, because you don't have to put spend a lot of money at once. Well, and do you, yes. I, I, wanna, I rung up to talk about... Glenn Campbell. I'm so, sorry about to hear that he died. Yes. Glenn Campbell. Yep. Is right. it, yep. I mean, I was, uh, what a fantastic singer and, yes. and songwriter. The songs are amazing, aren't they? Yes. Like a rhinestone cowboy, that sort of thing. And that sort of thing. I never. Re- I, I saw him on the news, and I never realised how good he was until I heard heard it again. You yep. know, because yep. I used to listen to him years ago. Because okay. yep. he's about. He died at 81, which is he's still quite young these days, really. No, it's not. It's quite old. Yeah, but people live to their 100, don't they? Yeah, but Chinese people. Mm. 
But anyway, so, so my fans on my Facebook can't get a reply until I get my internet. Keep them, keep them wanting more, Nigel. That's yeah, that's the way to do I it. Less it, is more. It. I miss using it because I'm usually on it about four hours a day. Wow. That's why the other one blew up. Because <laughs> you were you're, misusing but it. But you didn't. Did your dongle get damaged when it when you blew up? No, no. They do get hot. Every part gets hot on it though. You could get hot dongle. Yeah. Mm. But your dongle's not damaged or anything. You've, you, no. you've given it... Can you get... I don't know if maybe you could get your mum to blow down the end of your dongle. <laughs> could you do... Could she do that? <laughs> no. Because sometimes you get, like, um, <laughs> stuff it, stuck in the end of your dongle. This is... No, it's not what you think it is. It's just one piece of plastic. All it oh, I'm sorry. Plastic. I thought you meant your cock. <laughs> No, no, I know you're I'm, trying to I'm make sorry, guys, I misunderstood. 0344 499 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you'd be more than welcome to. English fonts. You've not got this yet, have you, Catherine? Um, Damon Grant, Tucker Jenkins, early Mark Fowler, Joey from Bread, The Minder, Jack from Off the Buses, on, Jack from Off on the Buses, Jack Off... off. Oh, what about that one from Up the Ladder? Um, Asquith? Yeah. No. Mike from The Young Ones, Kevin Webster, <laughs> that's the... Kevin Webster. And Paul from Ever Decreasing Barry. Circles. Huh? Barry. For who? Corkill. No. Why? Shh. Can you hear singing? No, 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 you need the headphones on. Oh, it's me. It's my computer. <laughs> you I thought. I thought for a second that we were haunted then. I thought we were... Thought, I thought the show... Was um, was haunted. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, but no, it wasn't. Oh no! Don't not this one. Not this one. I've been walking these streets so long, singing the same old song. I know every crack in the dirty sidewalks of Broadway. Hustle's the name of the game And nice guys get washed away By the snow and the rain There'll be a lot of compromising On the road to my horizon But I'm gonna be where the lights Are shining on me If you're gonna pull a face, I'm not gonna do it Good. No, all I had to do. No, no, not good. Not good. I'm paying tribute to someone who's genuinely one of my heroes. I love Glen Campbell. I, I, I met him backstage at the Royal Festival Hall when I was 19. I went to a gig all on my own, and I saw um, Chris Evans when he was still married to Carol McGiffin, and they had an argument with someone after the concert because he'd been talking all the way through it. And I went backstage, and I got a tape recorder, and I bootlegged me. You can hear it. I play you. I tell you what we do. When we get back, you will hear the recording if I can find it of 19-year-old me. Nervously meeting Glen Campbell. Good. There's no singing on it. <laughs> sing on that and sing on that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. But actually, don't call because we've got some pre-recorded bits coming up. Thank you. Talk radio. 
Busy lines, busy lines. I don't know why that came into my head. So coming up next, I'm going to try and find this clip of 19-year-old me um, speaking to Glenn Campbell. But I don't know if it, I don't know where it, if it. I don't know. Then we're going to have Chaz uh, Hodges. I've lost the power to speak, so let's just turn the microphones off and go to the news. Thank you. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. When I was 17 To be with you On the California coast Drinking margaritas all night In the old cantina Out on the California coast Don't think that I'm ungrateful And don't look so Playing interview I did with Glenn Campbell a few years ago, and uh, don't tell the other radio station. I'm sure they wouldn't have any problems. But 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 have you got the Chaz interview ready? Right. Okay. So um, uh, Chaz and Dave. Uh, everyone everyone loves Chaz and Dave. And I've said this before, and I, I, I say it in the interview. I don't know if it's in part one, which you're going to hear now, or, or part two that we'll play tomorrow. But genuinely, genuinely, I think that Chaz and Dave, at their best. Uh, their songs are as important and as good in terms of summing up Englishness as Ray Davis from The Kinks. I genuinely believe that. Um, because they just capture 
that they've got a, a unique sound. They just capture a certain quality uh, and a real sense of humour in their songs. You know, they don't do comedy songs. Well, they do do comedy songs. They do a brilliant one called Bollocks, um, which is very, very funny. Um, uh, uh, and they do, they do a really good song, uh, which when you read the title, and if you're unaware of their canon, you, your heart sinks. You think two Cockneys, early 80s, doing a song called Doesn't Anybody Round Here Speak English Anymore? But no, 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 it's a really clever, witty song. They do brilliant, brilliant wordplay. They, they, I just think they're wonderful, right? And by a stroke of luck, Chaz, um, is one of my mate's father-in-law, but Paul Garner, who used to write on the 11 o'clock show and did, um, uh, uh, did a brilliant series that some of you will have seen called The Pilot Show. He's a very, very funny man. And I'll never forget, years and years ago, I went round to, to Paul's house and he said, do you want, and this is, I think before I knew who his father-in-law was, he said, do you want to come in and meet my father-in-law? I was like, well, not really. I don't really like meeting people. So meeting your father. He said, no, no, come on. You'll, you'll like this one. I walked in. There's Chaz sat in, uh, big man, tall man. He was a broad man then as well, sat in there filling up the room, you know. And um, I, 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 we took, I, I was trying to remember how old everyone was. My, my eldest must have been 18 months tops. Um, Chaz's grandson, Paul's son, is a, a very charming young man called Harry. And it was something like his fourth or fifth birthday party. And uh, we went along, we were invited and I took my eldest son. And it was, you know, normal kids' birthday party in that there was there was ice cream and there was cakes and there was the, the tables and there were toys to play on and there was an entertainer. Except the entertainer was Chaz. On, on, there was a, it was in a, an old village hall and there was a piano and Chaz was playing it. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I went round there the other day to do this interview. Harry's massive now. I think he's in nine, is he nine or he's, he's watching. I got told off by Paul for using foul language earlier on. Although some of the words that came out of your boy's mouth but he's he's gone i think he's nine and he's gone from being a kid to being a young man skinny jeans slip back it's incredible the transformation really nice family um and Chaz has been a bit poorly obviously he had cancer and uh, uh, and stuff and so um we, we were, i was going to speak to him before and i thought well let's wait until he gets a bit better and i'd, I'd sent a message to um paul i think a couple of weeks ago because i've been reading a really good book about skiffle um, by Billy Bragg. Really good book examining, going into more detail than you could ever want about Skiffle. And of course, it was, a lot of it is about Lonnie Donegan. And you'll know, regular listeners, that, um, we often play, you know, to lighten the mood a bit, we often play Lonnie Donegan and Chaz and Dave singing the Beatles song, You Won't See Me, because it's brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. One of the best Beatles covers. Anyway, so he was in my mind. I texted Paul, said, Paul, can we get that interview with Chaz and Dave? And he said, well, Dave doesn't really like to talk. He's a bit, you know, he's, he's never really enjoyed that stuff. Would you be all right with Chaz? I went, yes, sir, I will. Uh, the day before, I re- received an email saying, bring your ukulele in case a knees up ensues. At the very start of this, You'll hear Chaz tuning up my ukulele. Even him tuning it up, that little bit of wood and plastic has never sounded better than when that man was tuning it up. Um, We played a a song together. He played a couple of songs for me. You'll probably hear those tomorrow in part two. Um, But what, what I want you to take away from this is... Um, a, a really charming man, a really, a, a very witty, a very warm man, very generous with his time. I sat with him for an hour, you know, and I could have spent all day in his company. Um, but also so much more than that bloke with the shaggy hair and the braces and the piano. So much 
more. The people he's worked with, it, it, it will blow your mind. So, I really think you're going to enjoy this. I'll start it in a minute. Sorry, me banging on. But another thing, talking to um, to Harry, I said, do you know that your granddad's famous? Do you know kind of, you obviously know he's famous because people come and talk to him, but do you know... And of course he doesn't. It's it's just granddad to him. It's just granddad Chaz, which is wonderful. So uh, sit back. This goes on for about half an hour or so. This is part one. We'll play part two tomorrow. It was an absolute thrill and an honour uh, to spend an hour in the company of one of the nicest men. This is this is me chatting to Chaz Hodges. So I am in sunny Stevenage, just getting my um, the stuff out of the car here to interview Chaz Hodges from Chaz and Dave. Um, I'm mates with his son-in-law, Paul Garner, who used to write on the 11 o'clock show. I've brought my ukulele in case, quotes, a right old knees up ensues. Um, I'm quite nervous about this. I've met Chaz before, a couple of times, very briefly. Um, but he's an actual legend. Um, so, uh... Yeah, let's see how this goes. Now, Paul's had a bit of work done to his house, and I don't quite know how I'm supposed to get in. I think this is it. There we go. I'm early. Mr. Garner! You're like a musical Roger Cook. <laughs> How you doing, man? Alright. Yeah, good. Do you want to sit? Well, Chaz can sit on the piano stool. Chaz can sit wherever he's comfortable. I'm, I'm, I can move and. Can we call all this sound like, sound like a proper muso? Yeah. We're tuning up now. <laughs> yeah. How good is that thing? Is, is it like a proper yeah, yeah, yeah. surround sound? Oh, I could, I, I could do it. It's not in stereo at the moment, but you could do it in stereo. You've got um, six tracks. Yeah. You can mix it live. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. takes any input. It's well worth getting. All, this, all the stuff we recorded in New York, we did it. We record the rabbit hole on this. Wow. How much of that? Is that yours? It's mine. About 320 quid. Say like two no, it's not. It's brilliant. To record the rabbit hole, we, um... It's never my ukulele's never sounded so yeah, good. It's a good one. It's a bit bigger than the normal. It's one. a nice one, yeah. It, yeah. I, I got it. There was a shop in East London. I think it might have closed now. The Duke of Uke, and they just used to sell. You know, they were like ukulele experts, yeah. and you'd go in, and it's don't know it. Don't, don't know that one. 
How you doing, man? Yeah, doing you're well. looking really well. Well, thank you very much. Um, can I ask how all, that, all that's going? Uh, sure, you can. Uh, all the treatments finished. Um, I went through uh, the chemo, which is, uh, if anybody's uh, you know sort of worried about chemo or radiotherapy, it, it's the chemo. Um, you're in there. Well, I did a, a course of. It was over nine weeks, but I did three lots of chemo every three weeks, yeah. and you're in there for like six or seven hours with people go what you're in there six or seven but you sit there once you're prepared for it yeah. it's a real relaxing afternoon i mean they, they just put you on a drip and you just sit there you got nothing else to did do. you have the cold cap because when my mum was getting her treatment she had the cold cap they they suggested i could have it if i wanted but i thought no I'll, i will lose me ear anyway yeah. and as you can see it's growing it's back now back. anyway and it's gone back darker <laughs> look it's i mean it wasn't as dark as that Amazing, so maybe it? maybe it's good for you know grey heads well, getting rid of the grey hairs. It's you know, you sort of you, you know, all this this sort of implant treatment. Have a, have, a, uh, have they fixed you then? Are you fixed? Well, uh, yeah, he's, he's happy. He's they've uh, they, they've took photographs of the uh, the well. I'll start at the beginning. It was cancer of the esophagus. Yeah. Um, well, I turned out. I first found out it was just before Christmas, and um, I was drinking a glass of water quite quick glugging it down i was on my way out and it won't go down right for strange water won't go down um anyway i knew there was something wrong so i waited till after christmas only like a couple of weeks i thought well, i'll get christmas over and i said to joan should go i said there's something ain't, ain't right there anyway we went they found out it was cancer of the esophagus cutting a long long story short he said you've called it early uh we'll go for a course of uh, chemo and then radiotherapy uh, as I say, the chemo was great, and funny enough, um, all through, uh, almost all through my life, whenever you go to the doctor, whenever I go to the doctor, they take your blood pressure. Yeah. It's always a little bit high, and they go, "Oh, it's a little bit high," and I can't get used to it. Right? Every time I've, I went to chemo three times, each time, all oh, your blood pressure is perfect. Now my theory is, I know I haven't got anything to do. I've got no phones to do, yeah, yeah. phone calls to receive. I'm, I'm going to sit there for six hours. I've got I've got a book to read if I want. I've got my phone and got my earphones so I can get onto YouTube if I want. So it's like a real relaxed afternoon. So as I say, anybody who's going going yeah. for it, it's easy. It's great. Radiotherapy. Well, it was cancer of the esophagus. Uh, he said it's going to be a little bit sore after because they they concentrate uh, that radiotherapy is the, the the finer points. That I've got a tiny little tattoo there. Look, oh, there we go. Look, is that what, what they aim it? At? Yeah, it's a like a tiny dot right in the middle of my chest in yeah. the esophagus. So they they line me up. You're in there for like five minutes i was there every day for uh, and it's only down uh, the hospital uh, it's only half an hour away so i was lucky it was just down the road um every day no, six days a week no five days a week um for how many three weeks i think it was might be four weeks anyway that was in and out but uh he's right he was a bit sore after but it's it's almost not noticeable at all now and the last one was about a month ago um they're going to do a scan on me uh in just over a week's time but i just i feel great i can do everything i can get around the allotments on my bike and do a bit <laughs> of digging i can play the banjo and play the it's amazing what they could do my mum had breast cancer she's not very well anyway she's got ms yeah. and she had the chemotherapy and they said we're going to do the chemo so we can shrink the tumor and then we're yeah. going to do a mastectomy and get rid of it yeah. and um 
they did the chemo and then there was a bit of argy-bargy because i wanted her to have it in a different hospital so there was a bit of a delay and she went into the hospital and they prepped that she stayed there overnight and i went in the next morning to be with her and they prepped her and they took her down and she was off having her final little scam and she was in there for ages and the doctor came out and said we can't find the tumour. We've been given the wrong information. The tumour isn't where it's sits. So we can't operate on her today. And I kind of kicked off going, well, this yeah. is outrageous. Yeah. He said, she's going to have to cu- go for another scan, find the tumour and come back. She went for another scan and they said, it's gone. We've, it's gone. The chemotherapy has worked and has got rid of it. It's ama- right. So it's amazing what they can do and it's interesting yeah. what you say because yeah. you hear the words chemotherapy yeah. and you think, oh, Jesus, this is going to be a nightmare. But it's not as bad as people think it is and it can work it can get rid of it yeah well that's what the doctor said to me they said about you can have a major operation but he 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 didn't think that that was a good idea for me so i'll go i've really in i mean uh, the other advice i can give to anybody is do what the doctor tells you there's a lot of people that go oh you know i got bored and i discharged myself from hospital i can never understand that sort of thing once you're in hospital they're the experts. I mean, when I first found out I had it, a lot of people up and said, oh, I bet you was devastated. Well, I wasn't. Um, initially, I went, oh, blimey. I, I went, like, how long have I got then? He went, look, hang on a minute. Let's, let's <laughs> Slow down. This. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can do this, blah, blah, blah. And it was only for, the, like, the first half an hour that I, I thought uh, uh, but after that i sort of i was out of it i mean I, I, I don't wake up i didn't ever wake up in the morning with like a, a black cloud over my head think oh i've got cancer my feelings was i've called it early which i knew i did yeah. i mean that's another thing anybody listening that if you get any symptoms of any kind that you ain't sure get down that doctor yeah, yeah yeah it ain't the same as our mums and dads times or their mums and dads where it was like it was cancer. a death sentence it was Do you remember it, people didn't used to say the word cancer they go they it's got cancer i know you yeah, yeah, never right. say it out loud yeah i remember uh, my i mean my granddad had cancer and he, he survived it but i didn't know he had until years after my mum said oh did you know granddad had cancer yeah. no, i did i remember going to see him in hospital but not you didn't but i don't know, know what he had yeah you know so yeah you're dead right Good. Well, i'm glad you're well and you look brilliant yeah i feel great I, I, enough talking about that because i want to talk about music yeah um how did you get started what what, what was what were you doing as a boy that kind of got you into music right i come from a, a musical family music was really important and when i look back uh not a very well-off family you know with uh with north london and and uh, well my dad was from acne uh so we're not londoners but but not very well off and when i when i look back uh i think like if you could play an instrument you, you could earn money yeah you know anywhere uh, my mum she she learned to play the piano when she was uh about four or five i learned all this found out all this out after um and my great-grandfather who i knew very well and he was a uh, a clarinet player uh, but i never saw him play clarinet i think he was too, too i think he sold it and he had a penny whistle when i when i grew up but uh great musician and um he apparently used to take my mum out round the pubs when she was five years old to play the, the harmonium really he would set it up outside the pumps on a sunday oh, afternoon fantastic. and he'd play the clarinet and of course like a little girl playing the piano yeah. you know with pretty blonde hair and all that get loads of dough and um as we uh, talked about that, the harmonium, I remember this harmonium when I was a kid, and I loved it. 
And I remember coming home. Uh, I was about. Is that ten... the one where you got you got squeeze squeeze it as you're playing it? Is that the harmonica? No, is it feet that, pedal? Uh, it's it's a, f- a foot pedal, right. and this one was a real uh, portable one. You you could pick it up like a Brilliant. a suitcase. Yeah. Uh, the sides folded in, and it had bellows when you, un- you unfolded it. But I remember it when I was a kid. I remember coming home one afternoon and. Uh, I said to me, then, where's the harmonium gone? Where have you put it? He said, oh, I'll, I'll give it to the ragman. Oh, no. What would you do that for? He said, oh, it had an hole in it. Oh, no. Now, I, my theory was, I think she was, uh, as the years went on, she was feeling guilty about sending her little ki- her little daughter out to busk, and that yeah. harmonium was like, every time she looked at it, it was like... It reminded her. It reminded yeah. her. And that's my theory, because I couldn't figure out, yeah. you know, I thought about that years later. Yeah. But, uh, what was wrong in it? You know, me, me great-grandfather looked after her well, and and they, they got they got food on the table. But that was, when I first started playing, um, well, I'll go before that, uh, my mum, she dearly wanted uh, there to be a musician in the family, and yeah. uh, I remember thinking, she, oh, she... She ended up playing piano great. She brought us up playing the piano. She, uh, when my mum was... Did you have uh, a piano in the house? Yeah, yeah, we always had a piano there, yeah. Um, but when my mum... I mean, my dad died uh, when I was four, so we weren't very well off. So we uh, one-parent family. She married a couple of times, but that didn't work out. Um, but, yeah, playing the piano put food on the table yeah. i knew when she was playing of a weekend she used to uh when i was very young about and where was she playing she going pubs and stuff and um yeah but the the best one that she had she used to there was a club it's still there actually in edmonton called the edmonton services club she used to play there friday saturday and sunday and right. with a little band at a, a, a she was on piano accordion and a drummer and oh. uh that was a nice little gig for her yeah. and i always knew on monday uh, it'd be nice food on the table, a bit of ham and a bit of like you know special food yeah, that we yeah. didn't get all the week. So it was piano means so much to me. Not only is it a great great instrument to it, but it meant food exactly. Yeah. It it it, uh, it it fed fed us. And so did she teach you? Did, did, did or did you just kind of find yourself sitting at the piano as a kid and just working it out yourself? Uh, n- uh, no, she the first. I remember her coming home. She was playing uh, the piano up at a pub in Edmonton, and there was um, a real renowned piano teacher from Edmonton, and I can't think of his name, but he taught um, uh, Mike Smith of the uh, Dave Clark Five, and I knew Mike pretty well, and he was a really good piano player. Before I started, he he was playing piano. I was playing guitar and and bass. But he's a really good piano player, and I can't think of the bloke's name. Anyway, my mum was playing up the pub one Saturday afternoon, I was about I was about nine or ten, I suppose. She came home and she went, Oh, I've got some great news. He said, This this uh, piano teacher saw me playing and he said, I don't know what you're, you're playing, Daisy. He said, But you're, you're a really good piano player. There's nothing wrong. He said, uh, Do you, do you uh, read music? He said, No, I'll play by ear. She said, Well, he said, If you've got any kids, I'll teach them for nothing, for free. Wow. And she came home full of it and said, He'll teach you piano for free. And I went, what do I want to learn piano for? <laughs> I, I, I want to play football. I want to go fishing. Yeah. I want to play with the kids out in the street. Yeah. I mean, the kids that I knew that went to piano lessons, you go, oh, we're going to play football later on. You know, nah, I've got a piano lesson. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. It's all boring. So I didn't want to know. 
And I always think of that, you know, but my mum did end up seeing me play, play the piano many, many years later. But uh, my first interest in music was, um, I remember listening to Lonnie Donegan yeah. on, the, uh, on the radio, and it was Bring a Little Water, Sylvie. I loved the guitar strumming. And I said to my mum, I said, I'd love to play the guitar, and she was so pleased. And she said, Would you? She said, I'll get hold of one. Anyway, um... My, my uncle Alf, he lived over in Acne, he had an old guitar that he'd, he, he'd had since the war time, or before the war, and uh, I've still got it now, actually. It's, it's a, in a bit of a state, but I've still got that little guitar. Wow. he done it up, and uh, I went over to Acne and uh, picked it up, and... Uh, I started, there was nobody around in those I'm, days. I'm just, I'm reading the brilliant book about Skiffle by yeah. Billy Bragg. Yeah. And, because Skiffle is often, I think, overlooked, uh, this is the argument that Billy makes, it goes from, you know, the crooners to the Beatles, yeah. and yeah. the, the Skiffle yeah. goes up. And before, you know, kind of Lonnie Donegan and Ken Collier, and, before that, there was nobody playing the guitar. Yeah. The guitar was always in the background somewhere. To have someone at the front stood up and strumming yeah. was a revelation, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, there weren't... Uh, I can't remember seeing... I mean, all our... Uh, I like my uncle Alf. Well, I've got his banjo here. Yeah. They all had banjos and ukuleles yeah. up in the loft, but no guitars. I mean, that all come from the Americans. Yeah. You know, you saw pictures of them, but uh, and this is the skiffle was before rock and roll. Mm. Uh, when Lonnie come out, and I mean, he, he really all us lot over here. I mean, a lot of Americans, most Americans have never heard of Skiffle, yeah. although it came from them really directly, uh, from the Skiffle parties uh, in the early 20s, apparently. But we took it up and we commercialised it. But it was a great thing to, to get you going. I mean, there were so many Skiffle groups. There yeah. was a Skiffle group like, down every street almost in those days. It's almost like the original punk, when yeah. people, kids thought, hang on, that stuff on records, we can do that. Exactly, and I think that's very important. I mentioned that in my book, that is, at certain times music comes out like that, like punk, punk uh, and Skiffle, uh, and my feelings are similar to Bob Dylan. Now, a lot of people are shouting, what are you talking about? But when... The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. I remember walking through Hyde Park, ever so blokes were strumming it and sounding better than him, singing to their girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, straight out of the air, and they're going, oh, that's love, that's better than Bob, that is, you know. <laughs> and that was the same sort of thing. To me, yeah. it was skiffle. Yeah. Um, I mean, he got it off of uh, Woody Guthrie, yeah. so where Lonnie did. But, yeah, I mean, people like, like me, like Albert Lee, the... Uh, Eric Clapton, Mark Knopfler, they all started off in skiffle groups. Yeah, yeah. And they, then the, the, the best of them went on. You know, the, I mean, most of them, like my, uh, I did in my skiffle group, uh, you, when rock and roll come out, I thought, I can do that in, in, with, with the guitars, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Saturday night, I just got paid, all strumming away on the guitars, but it sounded all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and then... We was into rock and roll. And when did you... Do you remember the, your, your first paid gig when uh, you did a show and someone gave you a few quid afterwards? Yeah, I do very well. Um, it was a, a hall over the top of a pub in Edmonton called the Britannia, and I think the pub's still there. Right. And uh, in the Skiffle Group, and I can remember playing at the most fantastic night of my life, doing Bring Little Water, Silver, you know, and pick a bale of cotton, strumming away. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd was all dancing and, like, cheering. And at the end of the night, uh, the the leader of the band come over and he gave me a pound note. Oh, what's that for? Wow. He went, oh, that's for tonight's gig. 
what and that really went ding in my head i thought this is a life for me doing the best thing that i could ever dream of doing and getting paid for it and that's what i'm still doing (laughs) Uh, when i said i was going to interview you uh i've had about five people say you've got to ask him about working with joe meek yeah what was what was that like joe i learned so much from joe um it was my very first recording no it wasn't it was the first professional recording session um i was playing bass guitar then um i got bass guitar in 1959 and uh, i joined a band called uh, billy gray and the stormers right uh and once i got a bass uh, i mean it was a brand new instrument i was the first one in north london to have an electric bass every band wanted me you know can you do a gig with me i was like earning a fortune it's weird to think uh, electric guitars and electric basses they've not been around forever it's, it's no. a, there are 50s inventions and before that it would have been the stand-up bass of course that's dead right yeah which i do love the stand-up yeah. bass but um bass guitar if you if you knew a little bit on guitar it weren't too much of a step to go on to bass guitar and uh, i love the sound of it anyway yeah. uh, and when I, I i still was playing guitar but uh bass guitar i was playing in in the band and um billy gray and the stormers i joined in 1959 on bass uh we went to butlins for three months in 1960 which to me was like absolute heaven just getting 20 pound a week each which was a lot of money in 1960 and uh planned you know doing what i wanted to do came back from there the band split up and i got a knock on the door from somebody i'd met and um he said uh want to get the band back together again to back somebody who's who's got an audition with joe meek and never knew what joe meek was so who, who is he he said well, he's an independent uh producer he's an engineer he's had a couple of hits he said anyway he said have a listen to this tape and i thought it was buddy ollie and i love buddy ollie <laughs> and it just sounded just like him he was mike berry all oh, right yeah yeah so uh yeah the band was formed and we became mike berry and the outlaws we auditioned at uh, joe meeks he loved the band and uh, we we became his house band for a good three years really? the outlaws yeah and where was was this when he was doing it in his house yeah. in, 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 in all way road and yeah. so everyone was in is this true everyone was in like a different room while it was going um, on well uh, it was a room about this size we're sitting in now about i don't know about 20 by 15 something like yeah. foot uh that's where all the band would be set right you'd have the drums in one corner and he would put blankets over it to sort of mask and blankets in the bass drum and but he used to put at least uh two or three mics if not four on on the drums which is unheard of in those days he would mic up the snare mic up the tom-toms mic up the bass drum uh, so the, the drums would be in the corner because that's got m- the most spill. Uh, but we'd all sit in the same room. I'd have I would sit by the door to the next room, which would have been the kitchen where <laughs> Joe's got his tape recorders. <laughs> so I would sit there with the door half open. He would plug my bass. He would di direct inject my bass. Yeah. So I didn't have to have an amplifier, which would spill onto everybody else's yeah. microphones in the studio. So I was listening to my bass through the through the booth you know but audibly not with yeah, headphones yeah. and uh it re- it worked very well and some of the re- i mean he did go over the top on some of the recordings uh but some of his best ones the quality was amazing and, and some of the things that uh, he did and his editing ideas I'd, I'd heard the word editing but i didn't know what it was yeah. I, um i can remember um, 
we did uh, an instrumental which did do bad uh, with the outlaws and it was uh, called Swinging Low. It was like a version of Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Down, 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 down. Anyway, we did this uh, recording of it. Uh, we did about seven or eight takes. And on each take, uh, we all had a little piece. I had a little bass solo, and the drummer had a little drum and solo, guitar player had a little, so- and, and so on. But each time, take one, I do, did a great bass bit and the drummer fluffed his or didn't do it so good on take two great one for the drummer not so good on me and I remember saying to Joe at the end uh, I said isn't it a shame we can't get all the best bits in the same take he went don't worry about that he said I'll sort it and I thought I really didn't know what he was talking about I thought I I won't go into it I just anyway when we came back the week after to play it I thought the man was a a, a magician yeah he'd actually cut out the best bass bit from take one cut out the best drum bit from take three the best guitar bit from take four and put them all into the one and I and it seems obvious now with you, you can punch in you can multi-tracks but he was a genius i yeah. think you know he was he was the british phil Spector. Uh, uh, that stuff was unheard of yeah and I the mean, reverb he used to use as well exactly i mean i didn't realize till years later like actual tape hadn't been in i think it was just after the war so right. we're talking about 1960 so it weren't that long after the war really yeah. oh, 15 years something like that uh i mean so tape was still quite a new medium for recording yeah and actually cutting bits of tape i don't know who first thought of that and but i just thought it was i couldn't wait to do it myself so i had a little gr- uh, grundy tape recorder oh, did you? So I was quickly cutting it up and, uh, you know, I I learnt very quickly. And I love editing now. I love it. I mean, I do it uh, digitally now. Have you kind of embraced all of the the computer stuff where you can just um, move stuff around? um, I don't get on the computer to do it, but I've got a 24-track TAC digital that I bought about four or five years ago, which are amazing. It's about 500 quid, you know. It's got everything on it. I mean, Joe Meek would have just gone... Well, it would be... he would overdub to infinity. He really would. You know, you say, you ring him up, sorry, I'm just doing overdub, one million and, and you know. He would. He would never stop overdubbing. He probably is up there somewhere overdubbing. <laughs> on it. But uh, amazing machines. How did you um, How did you and Dave meet up? Um, I was uh, in the, the Outlaws, um, going on to 1963 now, uh, two or three guitar players, and... Uh, Mike Berry went his own way, and we were doing pretty good as yeah. a, a band on our own. We were getting gigs and, you know, making d- two or three gigs a week. And Richie Blackmore joined us. We got we nicked oh, him wow. off. We nicked him off of uh, Screaming Lord Such. Yeah, yeah. When we started earning a few, Bob, one or two, uh, not uh, uh, great amounts of money, but like two or three hundred quid from Joe Meek, we'd get up there now and again. Uh, and he said, oh, we've got some royalties come through. And um, anyway, we offered uh, uh, Richie Blackmore the job and he came down to Joe Meeks. And he said after, he said, what impressed me, we didn't do it on purpose, but we could have done it, it could have been a good ruse. He said, at the end of it, we'd, I'd rehearse with you. And uh, we went, yeah, great. And he, he was like, yeah, that's good. Uh, Joe Meek came in, oh, no, a guitar player came in. He said, oh, we've got some royalties for you, like 100 quid each. And he said, that's what really swayed me. So I liked the band. He said and they're earning money you know <laughs> which is what we all wanted to do so uh he joined us and uh 
we were a, a, quite a band to be reckoned with for a while yeah. and um I remember um, we used to read Melody Maker and NME a lot in those days, and uh, I think it was Ken, the guitar player, he said, hey, he said, there's uh, an advert in the paper, um, Don Arden said, Gene Vincent's coming over, and he needs a backing band, and we love Gene Vincent rock and roll, but they also do your own spot and, and back Gene Vincent, great. So uh, we rang up and Don Arden came down, I remember we uh, rehearsed in a co-op hall in uh, Hornsey and he came down with his cigar, a bit like Al Capone come through the door. Now, you know? Don Arden is um, Ozzy Sharon. O- Sharon Osbourne's dad. Right. Is he the fella as well that hung someone out of the window by his feet? Apparently, is- I've heard this story. I don't doubt it, but I can't verify right, okay, it because okay, I, I weren't there at the time. But he was a tough nut. He was a tough nut. He, um, he really was. I mean... Uh, when we had, we eventually um, backed Gene Vincent, wow. Uh, wow, and that was absolutely fantastic. Gene, um, when he was, he could be, he could be a bit of uh, a bit of a moaner, a little bit depressive, well, a lot depressive. But yeah. when he was good, he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. He was really yeah. good. But uh, I remember uh, we've gone on to Don Arden there. I remember. Um, uh, Gene Vincent, after we'd been backing him a couple of months, he said, Chairs, he said, uh, I'm going to uh, Geneva, can't take the band, uh, will you come with me as uh, my musical arranger? I went, yeah, he said, you get paid good money? Yeah, okay, he said, uh, uh, can you be at my house? Uh, he, he lived in a muse in London. Yeah. Uh, uh, he said, stay there, we got to leave at... Uh, six o'clock in the morning i said yeah okay yeah great anyway i went there stayed there and i didn't have a suit i remember um and he was i was telling him he said you gotta have a suit i said i ain't got a suit i only got G. try one and i tried one of his suits on. <laughs> and i remember it was a bit like norman wisdom a little bit short and the, the legs and the, the coat but i got this i made it sort of look reasonable so i got my suit and um I remember he, we we was up all night, like just jawing and talking. Talk, he was talking about that. Yeah, I loved it. Talking about his wow. old days in on the road in, yeah. in in America. And I remember his missus kept coming up and giving him and bollocking him. So go and get to bed. I thought this is Gene Vincent. You can't, <laughs> you know. Anyway, I remember he woke me up. Uh, he woke me up about six o'clock in the morning with a bottle of light. Oh, here, Chas, is that? I would, I, no, can I have a cup of tea instead. <laughs> uh, anyway. Got my stuff ready. Next minute, bang on the door, the loudest bang you've ever heard, and with the loudest voice you've ever heard, because he could shout that, like Don Arden, Gene, come on, we're late, let's go. And come in, and I'm stood there with my case, and Gene Vincent's got up, and he, he didn't even look at me, yeah. uh, Don Arden, he went, who's he? Wow. And Gene said, well, I just thought, Dan, uh, uh, we've got an old band, uh, I'll bring chairs, and, and chairs, nobody's coming with you, oh, no. it's all laid on, the band's laid on, come on, the taxi's waiting, out. Oh, no. And Gene Vincent just didn't even look at me, walked out the door, I'm left there in the middle of some muse in London with a, in a Norman Wisdom suit and a, and, a, and a suitcase, off they've gone, that was, that was it, that was oh, the end of no. it. Oh, <laughs> no. Bloody I still ended up back in G, and he said, I'm sorry, Chairs, I, I you know, it's done. And, but that's what Don, Don Arden was like. 
The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. We're back. We're live. 11.42, 0344, 499-1000. what I, I can't listen to, I, I hate listening to m- my stuff, but I, I, so we went out of the studio when that was on, and uh, but we did listen to a little bit of it, just because I wanted to hear what it sounded like. For the technical geeks, I recorded that on my Zoom H6, just as I recorded all of the stuff in America. It's about 300 quid, but it's an amazing bit of a, a, bit of a kit. I love it. Um, and so I, when we were out there, I listened to the bit where he's describing recording with joe meek now for those who don't know who joe meek was he was a he was a genius an actual genius and he, he, he would build his own machines and stuff and he was he was for a very short period um the british phil specter and the stuff that he did in terms of edits and echoes and reverb it sounds you know you can do it on your phone now but no one had ever done it before no one had ever done it and he used to record in his flat i, I think if i remember the story of joe meek correctly i i think uh, he shot his landlady and then killed himself, I think. So it's a very tragic story. But to hear Chaz describing in such detail what it was like sitting in Joe Meek's flat on the Holloway Road while they were recording some of those early songs, it was... That, that for me alone, was worth it. And I, I, and I hate listening to myself, but I listened to that bit where he's describing the living room, sat down and having the door open so he can hear his bass and Joe Meek giving him the nod and just wonderful. Part two of that tomorrow, you'll hear about Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, I can't remember what else we talked about, um, but some brilliant Jerry Lee Lewis stories. We, we don't even get on to the Beatles. Um, and I've told you the story that was, was told to me afterwards about Paul McCartney playing him Yellow Submarine for the first time and staring at him. Literally, he said he was about two foot away, if that, staring at him. To, and, and Jazz said, I didn't know whether I was supposed to laugh or, or nod along as though this was the greatest thing I'd ever heard. And I also told you the story about him playing piano at Eric Clapton's wedding with Ringo Starr on jum, uh, drums. Uh, George Harrison on guitar and Paul McCartney on bass. I mean, it, it, honestly, man, that it is is a, a window into history. And so often, with a lot of people that have been around for a while, we think we know them. We think, oh, Margate, um, Rabbit, you know, um, if you want to stretch it a bit. Um, um, oh, I forgot, it's just gone out of my head now. Um, oh, darling, there ain't no, please. Well, brilliant, but I think, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we know him. N- not at all. And I, I've, I've just started, um, Chaz's autobiography, which you can get for pennies on Amazon, right? It's a cracking read. It is a cracking read. What a nice man. Paul, thank you for sorting that out. Wonderful, wonderful family and, and genuine, genuine thrill. Um, and also, and also, they're pl- he's playing, um, at Windsor Theatre soon and I'm going, I'm going to take the, the kids along. I'm going to take the kids along to see Chaz and Dave. Fantastic. People like this, guys, we, you know, we, 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 we've got to celebrate them while, while they're here. You know, this is, this is, we've got to tell these people we love them while they're here. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's Chaz N Hodges. C H A S N H-O-D-G-E-S. Right, onwards and upwards, dear listener. Um, we're also going to play another little interview a bit later on, towards the end of the show, uh, because I love Glenn Campbell. Um, absolutely love him. And um, really upset that he's died. 
also kind of relieved he's died because he was living a horrible life in inverted commas with with very severe alzheimer uh, alzheimer's if you've ever seen someone you know with alzheimer's it's flipping horrible and 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 so it is it is a release um but we'll play an interview i did with glenn campbell about seven or eight years ago and it's just he was so um it, it was so charming so polite Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Let's dive back in very quickly. So we're compiling a list of um, uh, English Fonzies. So far, these are the English Fonzies, what we have got. Damon Grant, Tucker Jenkins, Mark Fowler, Mark One. Mark One, let's just call him, let's just call him Mark One. Joey from Bread, Minder, Jack from On the Buses, uh, Mike from The Young Ones, Kevin Webster, and Paul from Ever Decreasing Circles. What about Brian Tildesley? No. Oh, why, though? Because he was a numpty. He wasn't. He, he was cool. He was not cool. He was thick as. i tell you who we could have, right? Lots of people have been saying Kirk Samaritz from um, Dear John. Oh, yeah. No. But we can have... Um, we, we mentioned this the other week. When Jack Duckworth was meeting a woman through a Lonely Hearts ad, and it turned out to be Vera Duckworth, she was stitching him up, and um, his pseudonym that he used there, and my sister tweeted it to me last time, and I cannot think what his uh, name was. So if we can find the name of Jack Duckworth's um, romantic alter ego, he definitely did, because he was cool, effortlessly cool effortlessly cool brian tilsley was a was a absolute spoon vincent clair vince st clair he's on the list there we go now is it is it vince sinclair or no, saint, saint clair s s t right so saint clair yeah yeah okay right, there we go oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um telephone number i've got some good news we're all going to die in a nuclear war that's the bad news um tomorrow we're going to be I've just had a brilliant idea for something, but I don't think we could do it because of copyright. Huh. We all... Okay, here's, here's, here's an idea, and then we have to find a way around it. Right. Okay, because I think it's a good idea. Okay. Um, we all watch a film together at the same time, but we provide a director's commentary. So we say... You see, the issue would be with copyright. But you would say to the listener, okay, dear listener, first film that comes to my head, we're all going to watch Rocky. Okay, so um, we've got Rocky one, the original Rocky, and we're going to press play in five, four, three, two, one. Press play. Right. So everyone at home will be if they wanted to, they could watch Rocky. If they didn't want to, we would take them on a on an oral AU journey through their minds and through the mind of, um, you know, who wrote Rocky? Um, I do. Well, you don't. Otherwise, you'd have said Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Well, why didn't you say that? Because I was just just checking myself. Um, Before I wrecking myself. Guys, always check yourself. I'm having a real problem with my flies at the moment. Constantly down. Right. Um, not in an alley cat sense. It just constantly my flies are falling, so I'm constantly having to check, check myself. But um, I, I don't know how we could do that. But that would be great, wouldn't it? And we yeah. just do a director's commentary. We'd have to do it with the sound down. Headphones on. It's going to be tricky. But not impossible. No. Pablo! Good evening, Pablo. How do? How do? Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 sir. We haven't got time for this. We're at nuclear war. 
Oh, crikey. Um, yeah, batter down the hatches. By the way, can um, I just say, when we were outside, right, during that... We, we got wa- busted looking at Willie's. Yeah, the boss the bosses was still here. And we went out and we watched the telly and we were watching that naked attraction, right, where it's, it's, new, it's perverts eyeing each other up naked, looking at Willie's, li- pulling back things and go, oh, I don't like that Willie, I like that bar. D- awful. And but boss, I didn't know the boss was still here. What what, what are you guys uh, doing? Um, we're watching Naked Attraction. Why aren't you on air? It's a pre-record. Why aren't you in the studio monitoring it? Flipping heck! I know, and it was just a bit where the willies were shown as well. <laughs> it was, uh, so we're doing that. But then I scared um, Catherine, Pablo, and the thick um, meatheads, the knuckle dragons. You didn't scare me. I was just trying to you work out what you were driving catch at. Catch yourself, right? I didn't. Because we've got this Naked Attraction on, on one screen, and on the other screen it's Sky News with the sound down. And they had footage of a missile taken off, and I went, "Oh, flipping heck! Look, look, look! It, it, Trump's just launched a nuclear missile. He's just launched. He's just. Hang on, wait for the ticker because I was pretending it was on the ticker thing. Wait for the ticker thing to to come round. He's just launched a nuclear missile, right? Kath cacked herself. The nu- a knuckle dragger from sports came in and went. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I went. I was only joking. Oh, idiot! And he, he walked off dribbling. So, you can have fun, guys. Before we all die, you can have fun pretending we're going to die, when actually, we're going to die. Squeeze that comedy out oh. while you can. We should all watch Threads. No. As, um, oh, a, a, Threads is awesome. We, let's watch Threads so we know what to do if we're unlucky enough to survive a nuclear holocaust. I've never been more terrified by a melting milk bottle. It's the worst instance. film of all time. It is... The, the one bit of hope, spoiler alert, the one bit of hope, right, it keeps cutting to, um some government officials or some local officials in their bunker, right? It keeps cutting to them. You think, oh, they're going to come out and save everyone. Then it, cu- then it cuts to them, like, a year later, dead, because they didn't have enough food and they couldn't get out. It's the bleakest film ever! And I insist everybody watches it to know what to do when the inevitable Armageddon does come. What? To know to die? Uh, yeah. Run I'm, towards it. Run he, towards it. He's it's right. the only hope. He is, do you know what? He's absolutely right. If they start dropping bombs, I live in Windsor, so I'm a target. If they start dropping nuclear bombs, I am running towards it. Because I don't want to survive. I've seen Threads, the one with Steve Guttenberg, The Road. I've seen all of these post-apocalyptic films. I don't want to survive. Well, that's I my don't... concern, because I, I, live, I live live in the North East. Yes. Uh, obviously, there's nothing really target-worthy in my area. Yep. So I'm just going to have to deal with a bunch of Mad Max-style yep. governors because oh. they're trying to steal our resources. Oh, Pablo! I'm not having it. Pablo, they're going to steal your resources and they're going to uh, make you their sexual toy. Well, you know, can, as long as they wear the jackets, the nice, thick, warm jackets, there they'll be go. all right. Okay. Well, what, have, what have you got for us tonight, Pablo? Um, j- just in regards to, uh, British Fonzies. Yes. Um, I was going to say, uh, I-, I tweeted earlier, but, uh, Barrington from Maid Marion. No. What? No, not at all. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll have I don't to get this game. I don't get it. The, the rules are simple. They've got to be effortlessly cool. Well, but surely if you're the arbiter of such things, Ian, then it's automatically flawed. Well, no, because I, I... No, what do you mean it's automatically flawed? This seems well, I'm, really I'm, obvious to me. I'm just saying that cool is viewed via the cool eye, and, uh, you know... He's dissing you. He's dissing you. He's, he's an idiot. You're an idiot, Pablo. Where, where are you... He's gone. He's an idiot. I'm not... I don't, I don't have to take that abuse. No, you're too cool. I'm too cool. For, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't fit on this list. Of course I wouldn't fit on this list. I'm not stupid. Um... 
344 Prince Harry, would he fit on the list? <laughs> you don't... Are you just being deliberately dumb now? Ed Sheeran. Um, He's a cool guy. I've got some good news. <gasps> James Blunt. When are they going to um, introduce um, more drive-through Greggs near where I live? Oh. Or a drive-through Greggs near where Never, I live? Never, not where you live. Because they, they've been doing it, though. I mean, the, the drive-through Starbucks, it was a dirty, dirty thing. And there's a drive-through Costa on the North Circular that I use. Um, but drive-through Greggs, they've been trialling them. They're going to do more of them, aren't they? That's the plan. Um, here we go. Morrison's worker, Mark Dewhurst, weighs the benefit of the store's foot-long sausage roll. Oh, you dirty look, devils. Look at that. A foot long. Do you know what? I could do that in about a minute. I, I bet you could. <laughs> eat, eat it, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I had one the other day, but not quite that big. The new line... We'll speak to Bill after the news, um, Sam. Thank you, mate. The new line is the biggest ever sold by a supermarket. Well, what? what well, you know what Tesco's need to do then? They need to do an 18-incher. And then <laughs> um, uh, Sainsbury's need to do a two-footer. And with Premier League football back this weekend... What? What's it got to do with that? The retailer hopes the pastry tipping the scales at more than a pound will fill up even the hungriest fan. You could do... You could be romantic like those two dogs in uh, Lady, Lady in and the, the Tramp. Tramp with the spaghetti, but you're doing it with a sausage roll. <laughs> and, then, and then you start tonguing each other with that meaty residue. Is that what happened in that film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, blimey. They didn't show them having sex. But they showed the puppies. And we all know how dogs have sex. We all know what style they use spaghetti it is serving the snacks freshly baked in store freshly baked warm on new trays to take the weight unlike the usual paper bag morrison's pie and pastry expert philippa shaw huh said that woman's got my job company came up with the the company came up with the idea (laughs) of the foot-long sausage roll in response to customer requests for something tailor-made to meet the bigger appetite in other words fat people <laughs> she added we sell a million sausage rolls every week but customers ask for one that is even bigger so, so hang we on. created give, this foot long version they give it you on a tray yeah and you have to wheel it out <laughs> yeah. so well he, 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 i've got a suggestion i'm going to morrison's tomorrow Do i've one? got a suggestion for morrison's make one even longer just make one even longer than that i don't understand why you're stopping a, a, a foot that seems very uh we're, very... Com- we're coming out of europe but you could still do a meter yeah meters now, metres is European, isn't it? Feet and inches is Yeah, yeah, we're saying we're coming out of Europe, but you could still have a, a metric. You still could. You still oh, could. Yeah, um, still do a metre of sausage roll, easy. Just drop the roll. Uh, this is... That was rude. That was beneath both of us. I apologise. <laughs> Talk Radio. Good evening, dear listener. Another hour to go. A bit of Glenn Campbell coming up later on. Um, you can give us a call. 0344 499 1000. So far, we've discussed footlong sausage rolls and who would be the English Fonz. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. come and found us here with our toys scattered all around us here the puzzle that we never found an answer for still ask us darling just what all the games were for and here we stand in a box of sand 
carousel It stopped us here It twirled a time or two And then it dropped us here And still you're not content With something about me But what merry-go-round Can you ride without me To take your hand How would you stand Where's the playground, Susie If I decide to let you Oh, it's such a good song. No one plays that song. I love that. Where's the playground, Susie? There's a brilliant... Uh, I used to have it on VHS when I was a kid. This is how weird I was as a kid. I had Glenn Campbell live at the Royal Festival Hall on VHS. And he's playing it with an orchestra, playing that. And it's just it's just such a good song. Glenn Campbell, man. One of the all-time greats. Speaking of Chaz, uh, Chaz has just tweeted and he told me this story. I don't think we, I think we, I don't think it's in the interview. Uh, over two tweets, Chaz has just said, sad about Glenn Campbell. Remember standing in the wings at the Hammersmith Odeon talking to his dad. All he wanted, he said to me, was um, his own bus with Glenn Campbell's show written on the side. Now look at him, he's world famous. I mean, isn't that just delicious? Oh, I miss Glenn Campbell a lot. We're going to play an interview with him a bit later on. Uh, Bill! Hello? Hello, Bill? Like a rhinestone cowboy I don't know the rest because I'm too young But I respect the song and the man Glenn Gamble Rest in peace, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a very fitting tribute, um, Bill Particularly the falsetto at the end Well done Thank you. No, it's well earned for the guy. He's I like his songs. He's but. good, man. He's good. He's one of the best. Anyway, Bill, um, what have you called in for this evening? It's always a, it's always a rare treat to hear your uh, to hear you're still alive. I've just been in Amsterdam for five days. This is partly oh, why I'm surprised you're still alive because yeah. I know the lifestyle you lead. Um, <laughs> did you get up to much? Well, in Amsterdam, I saw the sights. Okay. Um, the Anne Frank Museum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I go every time. Excellent stuff. It's always good to. Pay. I hang around there for the whole time. Okay. Oh, that's a bit that's, weird. That's, well, no. Okay. <laughs> steady, 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 steady. Anyway, steady. anyway. So he's still, he's still got the giggles. Um, so what have you? I nearly told you my Amsterdam story, and I can't. Um, so a bit is better than mine. <laughs> I don't know. We should go together. No. <laughs> Maybe in the 90s. Maybe in the 90s, yes. Bill, why have you called in this evening, mate? 
Um, well, where should I start? I've been football. Um, oh. I met a Z less celebrity, and I pretended not to know who they were. Okay, go on, because I'm a Zedder. Who was it? I can't say. They're not even worth mentioning, to be honest with you. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, I just—they were just a bit flash, and I said, "Oh, you—you look, you look like them." And then I just kept oh. pretending. I was like, "Nah, you're not them." No. And then, Who well, was, no. Hang to... on a minute. Hang on a minute. You can't. You can't. Who was that? I'll tell you at the end. Okay. Oh. Good, oh. Keep, okay. This is good. Yeah, he knows, doesn't he? He knows how to play the game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, I wouldn't do that to Ian. He can cut me off at any time. No, I want you to oh, tell me who it was. But, yes, yeah, so I've done that. That was cool. And then um, back to work tomorrow. And then, what else have I been doing? I can't really remember. Can the person who keeps saying Lord Flashheart is the English Fonz? No. Oh, that's what I called him for. Oh, Bill! Oh, you jogged my memory. Yeah, yeah. English Fonz, yeah. Kirk from Hollyoaks. <laughs> <laughs> Which Kirk? No, Kurt. Which one was he? Kurt was the handsome one. In the original, like, when no. it first came out. Oh! Um, Kurt Benson, Jeremy Edwards. Yeah. That's the one he died. Not in real life, but um, in Hollyoaks. Yeah, because for a time he was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in real life. He went out with oh, Rachel in, Stevens in real life. He was in Holby in real life as yeah, well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I, I don't, don't know how I know that because I've never watched that. <laughs> I don't think I can allow him. Why? It, he's it, a legend. Yeah, he's a legend. The character Kurt from Hollyoaks, uh, played by Jeremy Edwards, is a legend. Are you more of a Tony man? Um, I, yeah, I do like Tony. I feel sorry nah, for him. Tony's a gimp. <laughs> Tony's got a brother who looks exactly like Tony. Yeah. And he was in Hollyoaks too. Yeah, as Tony's brother. They should have have had his, they should have had his twin in, but not playing his brother, just playing like a random, and it'll be, that'd be quite funny. You look (laughs) a bit like, people say you look like, no, never had that, no, never had that, what are you talking about? Do do you know the thing with Hollyoaks, yeah, I I don't really watch it all the time, but every now and again, it's still on, but. Do you like to dip in? No, no, it's really weird. Like every two, three, four months, something like that. Yes, I'll be up on a Saturday, well, Sunday morning, and I'll I'll catch it on your bus. Yeah, and every episode I watch, like on your bus, like that week, someone dies. Can you say omnibus again? On your bus. There we go. On yeah. your bus. <laughs> you saying on your bus, isn't it? <laughs> I can't say. Do it. they still do the occasional rude late night one of Holly Oaks where they get to nah, sp- do some mild nah, swear words? Oh. I used to like them. <laughs> and you see some bumps. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this naked attraction program, Bill? I uh, saw that maybe um, the first series. It's a load of rubbish. I thought <laughs> you watched the first series. I, I we literally... only one episode. Oh, of right. it. I, okay. I, I watched the first bit I've ever seen was just well, we, we, while you guys were being uh, listening to Chaz, and. Um, I was aware of it, but I thought there was a studio audience, but there's not, and they try and mock it up in some sort of pseudo-science by talking about pleasure zones inside the the old... Your uh, areas. The old VJ. (laughs) And um, I I was very surprised by the show. I thought it was a little bit weird and a bit creepy. Is it the first time you've seen it? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, I I, kind of saw the first time, and it's, it's, it's just... 
it's just a load of I don't know. I just don't let's like just, it. Let's all have a look at Willie's and laugh at them a little bit. Here's the thing. Can and I then just... they go on a date and they don't get on because guess what? They didn't think about personality. Hang on, hang on a second. And it's I'm not gimmicky. They've had trans episodes. I think I've read. Oh, uh, don't think tra- like don't think trans are gimmicky. Here's the thing. Right, not and, gimmicky. And I don't mean it like that. Uh, if you've got um, young children, switch off because we're gonna we're having an we're, it's after midnight. We're having an adult conversation. Yeah, they right. should here's, be in bed. Here's the thing, right? You, and um, this is serious, and it will sound like I'm doing a joke, but actually it's serious. You cannot tell anything about the size of a penis when you're looking at it on the slack. <laughs> you, on the slack. Tr- trust me, you can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is sure. not an indicator of what you're going to get in a night of passion. It isn't, because some some say so some might look big on this on the but they, they stay the same size we all know about growers not showers yeah exactly so some of them can take on ridiculous um growth pr- potential you know a lot about willies and winter's not good either like really zero temperatures yeah well those studios would be quite warm well, it looked like they were fairly warm. Oh, yeah. Mate, well, who, it's Channel 4. Who knows what they're doing? Who knows what they're up to behind the scenes at Channel 4? Well, I think we do know. Well, yeah. So, Bill, yeah. who was this um, Z-list? Um, on to the next question. Oh, come on, Hang Bill. A minute. You mean we kept you on and you're not even going to tell us who it was? I, to be honest, I, I forgot myself. Good way. What a <laughs> liar. Don't lie to me. What a liar. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to David Badcock. Hello, Ian. Hello, David. I've got, I've got the right idea. Okay, I don't know why you're whispering, because we're on the radio. Well, I know, but, but we might catch a, catch a few of them out. Oh, what, the listeners? Yes. Okay, fine. Uh, listeners, right. listeners, um... Why don't you go and um, go to the toilet or make a cup of uh, hot milk or Horlicks for a couple of minutes? Because there's nothing to hear here. Oh, wait. Have they gone? Yeah, I think they've gone. I think, I think they've gone. Right. Right. But when you next go to a break... Yes. You know, with all this Trump and um, Kim Jong-un... Sorry? The Trump and Kim Jong-un... Yes. Is it young or is it ill? I get confused. Kim Jong Un, yes. Do you Kim call him Yung. King. He's calling Kim Yum Yum. Kim Yum Yum. Because <laughs> all the nuclear nu- nu- threats. <laughs> Kim Yum Yum. Right, go to a break. Come back and pretend that I'm an American correspondent and the nukes are flying. Do you not think that might alarm people? I mean, we've got some elderly. Oh, we'll... Elderly. Oh, we've got some simpletons. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll trick him. It'll be a right treat. <laughs> it's not often we get to see the humorous side of David Badcock. Normally you're dead Mardi. Emphasis on the dead. I thought, I thought I'd lighten up a bit. All right, well, I'll tell you what, uh, David, we're actually due a break now, so... Um, right. We'll okay. say goodbye to you, because you're going. Thanks for calling, David. Oh, yes, yes, right, OK, bye. Right, no, 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 no. Ta-ta, bye-bye. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number. We're reading some disturbing things on Twitter, but I don't want to... We never like to jump in. Um, oh, no, no, no. Hang on. Hang on a second. 
We've got, we've got some breaking news. Uh, we're going to have to go to our um, United States of A correspondent. It's uh, Chuck Winkle. Good evening, Chuck. Yes, good evening, uh, Ian. Hello, Chuck. Can you hear me? Uh, you did a bit of a delay from the satellite, but I think I'm coming full right loud and clear. Okay, Chuck, um, what's the latest in America? Well, we've heard the damaging reports from King Young Young and our commander in chief, Donald Trump, all day now, and the nuclear bombs. Holy jackamole, the two nuclear bombs are actually flying now. How many nuclear bombs can you see, Chuck? I can see about three flying over my head, heading towards North Korea as we speak. Whereabouts? Gosh, this is terrible. It's emotional. Whereabouts are you, uh, uh, Chuck? Holy jack only I'm in America. I meant where in America? Where in Whereabouts? I'm just, uh... I'm stood right outside the White House. It really is escalating. Nuclear Holocaust is here. Oh dear. What, um, are there any missiles flying, nuclear bombs flying the other way towards America? Um, I don't think so. Oh no, oh, here we comes Kim Jong Jones. Missiles are coming the other way now. And oh, one just exploded right near me. Ouchie. Well, oh, Chuck, that's it. Th- thanks, thank you for that, Chuck. Please keep us up to date with um, nuclear fallout and uh, everything that's happening in the Holocaust. All for now. Thank you very much indeed. There's a nuclear Holocaust taking place, uh, guys. And um, Kim Yum Yum has really um, kicked off. That's it, official. It sounds absolutely terrifying over there, but um, our man Chuck Brinkley will be giving us the news um, as and when. Chuck Winkle. Well, these things happen. These things happen in times of crises. Um, Kyle, good evening, Kyle. Oh, evening, boss. Evening, Catherine. You're right. Got to make it quick, Kyle, because apparently there's a nuclear holocaust taking place. Well, that was the thing. I was, but well, it's, it's a bit serious. What I was going to discuss with you, genuinely. Well, we, we just had a very serious news report, so you know you've come to the right place, Kyle. Well, I was having a discussion with, uh, bizarrely, uh, a psychiatrist. There we go. Psychiatrist friend of mine. Yeah. And and I was saying that it was amazing because the the you know the dinosaurs ran the planet for so many years. Yep. All quite cool, and then obviously evolution took over. Yeah. Quite cool. And in, like, the space of about 150 years, we've managed to properly screw it up. Yep. This this is... <laughs> what Kyle is expertly doing is he's verbalising pretty much my entire internal monologue when I go home and get into bed. <laughs> this is pretty much the train of thought that I have, which is why I can't sleep at night. <laughs> yes. Yes, Kyle, you're right. But 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 we've been here for, like, you know, as a species, you know, not as a species, but the planet for millions of years. And billions like, of years. The planet's been here for I'll, billions of years, and it'll be here for billions of years after we've pressed that red button. But, uh, but it's just mental. It's just like, how can all this happen? 
How, how can it happen? Yeah, I'm only laughing because you're right. It's mental. It's properly, properly mental. I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you what's good is I spent most of the 80s as a teenager um, genuinely afraid that there was going to be a nuclear war. Um, and I'm glad that today's millennials are also experiencing that same fear, what I done felt. I'm thinking about all the time I've wasted recycling. <laughs> Cleaning out yogurt pots. The point in that? <laughs> there was. I, I have to say, Catherine. There was uh, a little bit when I did uh, oh. with uh, Mr. Mark Steele, and I was oh. lucky enough to be near him. Uh, and he that sounds a bit creepy, about, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, I was. I was just stalking. Uh, yes. But no, it was. Uh, but he said exactly the same thing, Catherine. He was like, cause somebody was like at the sort of media city place and they were like you know oh you need to put that in that bin and that in that bin oh. and he said no nah, i'm gonna stick it all in that bin because you know what we're all gonna get bombed within two years anyway we'll be dead well maybe maybe birmingham maybe birmingham knew something about this because they've not cl- collected any litter for they've the last up. six weeks they've given up they, they, they thought it was a waste know. of money didn't didn't realize that they needed to do that yeah. Gee, I think you could be on something there. And on, on a light-hearted now, by the way, I've got another one for your uh, your rogues gallery of uh, who's a bit of a cheeky chappy. That, well, oh. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know we were doing that as a phone. I, I, I know we're definitely doing an English Fonzie phone-in, but the rogues gallery of cheeky chappies, is it now? That may have been what? more helpful as an <laughs> illustration of what we were looking for, because I haven't found one. <laughs> Uh, the one, the one I had for you was uh, not the uh, not when Jack was pretending to uh, meet Vera on a yes. date. I can't remember what the name was now. Anyway, but uh, but Nigel Pivaro, he was uh, he was Terry Duckworth. Yeah, I'll give you that. On the yeah, I'll give you that. Nigel Pivaro. Yeah. No. Yeah, Nigel Pivaro. Yeah, Pivaro. Definitely. Very suave. But Dev. He spoke suave. He li- no, <laughs> Dev. Dev. No. Come on. Get out he of is. town. He's effortlessly cool. Kyle, thank you for that. You've you've made the list. Um, uh, oh dear. Can you. I just? I need to. Sam, come on the microphone, please, because we're going to have um, uh, we're going to have a fun time. Have some math talk. We're going to have some math talk. You, you, you've typed on my screen. Thirty thirty-seven is my final out time. Uh-huh. Is that me throwing to the interview or throwing to to add to the interview? Okay. okay. I like his. I like his. Style. His his jib is cut in a manner that I would like to see my jib cut. Really? Yes. Gosh. Um, speaking of jibs, it's Andre. Hi, and I, hi, Cass. Hello. How do you feel about the uh, end of the world? Not so bad. Okay. Well, Ian. Yes, mate. A very weird thing happened to me today again. Did, did you get drunk? As you do. No, I, I had a couple of shandies. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course you did, mate. Uh, well, I had a couple. One or two. What's one and two? Twelve. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I've got I, uh, I've got a five year old child, so yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. So, what is it? He doesn't drink beer, does he? Yes, yes, he does. Yes. Well, I come home. I was walking home from the pub, nice and peacefully. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, so it was hovering above me all the way home. Okay. And, and I, I got home, and it, you know, I said, there was a blunt thing hanging around. I was like, "What's that?" And I turned around, and it's been gone. Yeah. I said, "Thanks." Follow me all the way home from the pub, hovering right above me head. Yes. And he goes, where have you come from the pub? He goes, yeah, you can imagine it. Yeah. If it weren't, it was definitely following me. I'll swear to that. Ian? Yes? It was? Yes. What's, what shall I do? Report it? What? What shall I do? I'm waiting for the punchline. So am I. No, there ain't one. It's true. But you're telling me this actually happened? Yeah, spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God. You don't believe me either, like that bloke, do you? No, mate. I don't believe there was a bloke there. But I must have been hallucinating then. Ian, anyway, when are we having a game of football? Thanks very much for calling, Andre. Well, that's that cleared up. (laughs) Andre. Oh, God. Alive. Uh. I could understand why they'd follow Andre, though. <laughs> Curious. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, this planet ain't worth invading. Look at the state Leave of them. Leave it. Look They've at had the enough. state of them. <laughs> hey, this, I'm going to read a very naughty um, story um, now. A pensioner received a letter from a retirement company. I love it. I love these. Addressed to Mr. Car, Mr. Car, Mr. Cake, Mr. Seabomber. <laughs> the mail, which also had the offensive word on the envelope, thanked him for inquiring about releasing equity in his home, even though he'd never done so. So someone's done this as someone a prank. Someone signed him up. Someone has signed him up as Mr. Seabomber. I don't think they like him. Farmer David Bryant, seventy-four, from Westbury, Wiltshire, said, "It may have been a response to me asking them." You, they took me like that. Might have been a response to me asking them to remove my phone number from their listings to stop cold calls, but I can't be sure. You don't expect to get that sort of thing sent to thee? I find it highly offensive. Oh, you could be in the archers. His wife, Mary... I wasn't out of breath in, breath in it. His wife, Mary, 69, thought it might have been a case of mistaken identity. Before noticing... Oh, what? Identity. <laughs> Before noticing, I can't speak tonight. Their address was correct. She added, "We've never written or spoken to them. We've no idea who they are." <laughs> the letter from Age Partnership got its facts wrong too. It said that, based on the information provided by the couple, it did not believe they qualified for equity release, as they needed to be at least fifty-five. What? Um, Gosh, uh, what are they more cross about? <laughs> Getting the age wrong or the seabomb. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying I'm under 70. How rude. No, I'd, I'd love a get... Uh, we, we, um, here we go. We got a letter. We're going to play the Glen Campbell interview in literally about two minutes' time. But we got a, we, we got a letter the other day. Official-looking letter sent to our address, but different names. Not, not the names of the people that lived there before six, seven years ago. So I opened it, right? And it was an approval... For a, a mortgage <gasps> for one point two million pounds, but sent to us, but not sent to us. So, um, well, then I, so then I left it. Then I do is with all these things. I filed it. I left it in, in the kitchen for a while, thinking I must remember to reseal that and put not known at this address and repost it. And then about three weeks later, my wife had thrown it away. So someone can't buy a house now. Someone rich, though. Someone doesn't deserve a house if they can't even get their own address right. They don't deserve a house. Not a mortgage for 1.2 million. Oh, flipping egg. Wowzers. Wowzers. Imagine being that much in debt. I'd nearly pay my mortgage off. Um, so, dear listener, Glenn Campbell died uh, well, yesterday now. Um, and I, I love Glenn Campbell. And I, I make no bones about it. I've, I've always thought he was absolutely brilliant. I went and saw him in concert the first time when I was 19, I think, at the Royal Festival Hall, my first year in college, in university. 
and I went on my own and I, I've seen him, I think maybe about three or four times since and I, I absolutely love him. I think he's brilliant and um, he's, 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 go and check, if you've you, you got ten minutes to spare on the internet, go on YouTube, type in Glenn Campbell guitar solos because uh, everyone knows his voice and Rhinestone Cowboy and all of that stuff but you, you, a lot of people don't realise he was one of the best, one of the best guitarists around by a country mile. Um, and I got to speak to him about, I think this is about seven or eight years ago when I was at another radio station and he was doing his final tour because he had Alzheimer's and the PR people said, oh, don't worry, he's fine. You won't, you won't even notice. You won't even notice that he's not well. Um, you'll hear in this, it was it was clear that he wasn't particularly well. But, 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 the, the, I, I play this because I just want you to hear the glee in my voice. And also, he's just such a charming man and his lovely wife was there to kind of help him through it. This is me having a chat with Glenn Campbell. We're going to talk about that. Wait till we press record because I'm going to yeah. ask you all about that, man. Right, are you okay to hold this Glenn if that's sure. okay? Thank I'm, you. I will. You've held a microphone before in your life, haven't you? <laughs> I'm, I would imagine. Yeah. Would that be, is that, is that there as good? I'll, I'll do it this way. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We, that way, let's know when we're recording. Yeah, you're ready. Are we ready? Okay, um, oh, you got enough cable there, sir? Look, we're all tangled up. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Excellent work. Okay, I'm sat in a very swanky hotel with none other than Mr. Glenn Campbell. Glenn, it's an honour to meet you, sir. Well, thank you. I'm a huge fan, a huge fan. I'm a little uh, bit nervous. Well, thank you. I Bless really you. appreciate it. Uh, let's, we'll, 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 we're going to talk about the new album in a bit. Let's start. How did you get into the music industry? Uh, it beats the hell out of pulling, <laughs> looking a mule in a rump. <laughs> we, we, we didn't have electricity. We, we actually, what was it? We didn't have electricity. We used to watch TV by candlelight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some dumb thing like that. But uh, it's, uh, we, we grew up with uh, eight boys, four girls, and mom and dad. And uh, that's when I, I had to get out of there as soon as I could, I could and I'd get my family out. Your, fam- your family all played music. They all played music. Yeah. So I had to bring some of them with us. Yeah. So your guitar was kind of your escape route from, yeah. from that. Definitely. And you were in a couple of bands with your uncle or something? Is that uncle true? Dick Bills and the Sandia Mountain Boys. <laughs> <laughs> bands don't have names like that anymore. That's, That's a great right. name. Dick Bills and the Sandia Mountain Boys. And we had a radio show like, uh, what, I think it was like five days a week. Wow. A 30-minute uh, show. Of you guys just playing and singing and... Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of songs were you doing there? Like country standards? Uh... Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's a long time ago. That was. I know, that's what 1806 I was or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I was looking at the same thing because a lot of them, we, we were just doing what we heard on the radio. Yeah. You know, but when I started meeting the guys like, you know, Jimmy Webb and that kind of people, yeah, it kind of opened your eyes. Well, how did you go from playing in a band with your uncle to being one of the hottest session musicians in America? <laughs> Uh, I we did. I did. Uh, uh, it, what, what's uh, the guy? I can't think of his name now. But anyway, I I did. I would. I, I did for a uh, a guy that does. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't think of that name of that even now. Is he a singer so, or? A- no, no. It's a. <laughs> you went out to California with a DJ friend. With here. a DJ friend of mine, and. Uh, he did the, the, the 
get the, the records, the record things. Yeah. Uh, and and we would uh, make demos. Mm. You and Jimmy Bowen. Me and Jimmy Bowen. Right. We would uh, we would do demos that that, that you could sell, sell it to. Uh, People, you know, yeah, of course. They, they see if a, anyone would like it, and then they pick it up and record it. Right, and that's what we started doing. I'm Do you, getting tongue tired. I don't. Hey, listen, man, don't worry. Oh, so, you know, you've you've done so much. Bringing it all back <laughs> to the floor is hard. Uh, you played on some. I'm a huge monkeys fan. Huge oh. monkeys fan. More than is healthy for me. You played on a lot of monkey sessions mm-hmm. as well, didn't you? Oh yeah. Well, I went to New York with them to do a gig up there, man. It was it was, it was that's, a, that's one of the most fun periods I had in a long time. And also, you were a Beach Boy for six months. Mm-hmm. Not many people know. Brian Wilson kind of said, "I've had enough of this," and dropped out. And you stepped in mm-hmm. and played with the Beach Boys. Was that fun? He, was it? He stopped out to do the Pet Sounds. That whole thing, yeah, boy, what a genius that he is! Fantastic and amazing that he's still with us. The life that oh, he's yeah. led, and in the last few years, he's come back and you know he's doing some amazing concerts. Yeah. Oh, he was, he was a wonderful talent! Wow. Was he um, hard work as a producer? Did he boss you guys around? Yeah. Oh, he didn't boss him. He just he. Uh, I, I think people in the in the business realized uh, if you're going to try to push him or try to do this or do this or sit him, you know, get over here and blah blah. But uh, it wouldn't work that way. <laughs> it only went slower. Well, did you? Because I mean, you were playing with people like Carol Kay and Hal Blaine and this the whole great kind of like they've got the name the Wrecking Crew now. Mm-hmm. And Brian Wilson was like twenty, twenty one years old. What was it like taking instructions from from a kid? Oh, from Brian Wilson? Yeah. Oh, well, excuse me, excuse me. Well, uh, good idea. You got any water? Okay. We can get some water. Get me water. There's bottles over there, Kim. Uh, where was I at? Brian, taking instructions. Oh, from Brian Wilson, being told what to do oh, by yeah, by was... a kid. From Brian, I. I, I, I I'd look at everything that he did. Yeah. He was genius. Yeah. Just a, what a mind that guy got. Yeah. He, he did stuff that was just fantastic. Yeah. Wow. He um, also gave you the song, Guess I'm Dumb, mm-hmm. which is one of the great lost pop songs. It's yeah. a fantastic record. We played it a couple of weeks ago on the oh, show. Oh, did you really? Love it. Now, that was... Uh, he, Jimmy didn't... He didn't want that. Uh, so... Uh, I said, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. Brian, Brian didn't want it. Brian, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to do that one. <laughs> and I did. It's and a great it, song. It, 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 it was kind of like a breakthrough, I guess, because it's, it's still heard occasionally. <laughs> I guess I'm dumb, but I don't care. That would just... Oh. You should do it, man. You should put it in the concert. I always think, because it sounds like a pet, a pet yeah. sound song. You know? I really like the song, because mm. it said, you know, the way I act don't act, don't act like me, and the way I look, it don't look like me. But I can't let go if I, if I ever wanted to. I can't let go, darling, if it's only you. It was just a really, uh, I don't think, I think you got a ton of airplane. Mm. Um, airplane. It wasn't air, airplane. airplane. Probably bought you. Would have bought you. No, but it didn't. It didn't become a hit though, did it? That's the the mystery. It, it, it got up in the top ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it didn't hit the big job. The Glen Campbell Good Time Hour is that the name of the show? Yep, Good Time. The Good Time Hour. That was a TV show you got that we didn't go over here, unfortunately. But I think it's on DVD now, and it replaced the Smothers Brothers. 
Yeah, I, I think. Was that, that must have been a lot of fun, doing kind of a variety show every week. Oh, it was. It was fun. Then we go out to the... I, I, that's when I realized the power of television. Mm. You know, of course, you'd be there and people would see you doing something that week and it would just people would come and see it for some reason because it was on television. <laughs> Is there, I mean, again, going back to the monkeys, that's how they, they sold... 50 million records they were playing two new songs every week on the TV that's right it's the greatest advert Uh, I I went up and did that with them in New York I went up and did the, the sessions with them yeah it's for the echo. It is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, it is, I've heard a story about you. I don't know if this is true. That you played so many sessions as, as a gun for hire that you would sometimes turn up, fall asleep. They'd prod you and say, Glenn, your guitar bit. You'd wake up, play it, then go back to sleep. Is that true oh. or is that a myth? <laughs> I was... Uh, I wouldn't say a tech... T- I, uh, a takeoff guy, as they say, you know, I could I could do that, but they wouldn't want that. They was wanting a raking, 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 wide open rhythm guitar, and uh, that's what I gave them: rake, 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 rake. Did you never find that frustrating? I don't leave lightning. Guess I'm dumb, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not find that frustrating? Because you are an, an amazing lead guitarist. So just to give the simple four-four rhythm was that mm-hmm. was that frustrating for you as an artist? Uh, I, I just no. <laughs> the, because if they if they didn't, the they would. Uh, charge the guys uh, double scale, didn't they? If you went over time. Forever time, but you were getting paid so well you didn't care. (laughs) I didn't care, yeah. (laughs) Wow. I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to... You remembered that. (laughs) (laughs) Did... um, Okay, another quick question, trivia question that I was reading. Gentle on my mind. Oh, yeah. That was just a demo that got released. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Mm-hmm. That you it's knowing that your doors are always open and your path is free to walk. When I heard that, I went, wow! It didn't take me two minutes to... This is it. You keep singing as much as you want, sir. I, could, I get a private concert from one of my heroes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was really a great song. Oh, fantastic. How did you meet up with Jimmy Webb? Uh... Now you know you know that, that as well as I do. Where did I meet up, Jimmy? I know that we you were recorded doing... uh, by the time I get to Phoenix with him. Yeah. It was a big hit, and right. then you and Al Corey were going into Al, Al Delore were going in to do another album, and you called Jimmy and said, "Can you write another one for us, just like with just like by the time we get to Phoenix, right. another town song." So in one day he wrote Wichita. It's the first song he's ever written for anyone specifically. Right. And it was Wichita Lineman. <laughs> and he brought it to him. <laughs> he brought it to him that day, and it was unfinished. He thought, but they said no. Just bring it over like it is, and that's they filled it out with that guitar solo. Oh yeah, that became so famous. That's how it was finished. Yeah. Probably that guy. 
How what what amazing story? Because Wichita Line Man, you talk about epic songs, yeah. man! What a sound! What a sound! It, they, they really did a job at the, at the studio. I tell you, it's, uh, they did. They they really really they made it sound good. They made everything sound good. And Galveston, Galveston, of course. Oh yeah. When what was it like? How can I put this in a question? Finding Jimmy for you must have been like finding your voice. Definitely. Because he, I can't imagine, I've heard Jimmy Webb songs being done by other people. Yeah, you know, they're okay. It it must have been a real discovery for you getting Jimmy Webb along. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Uh, His, uh, the way he did everything was just, I've got going, wow, where did this guy come from? You know, and everything I listen to his would would make me homesick or cry, (laughs) you know, (laughs) really. And, because they were, Jimmy, Jimmy had to me, I, me, I want, think, you know, uh, the syndrome was incredible, if that's, that's the right word for it. Mm. But when he, was, when I referred to Wichita Lyman, I just, wow, I, uh, I got in my car and drove back to Arkansas. <laughs> and cried all the way. <laughs> I drive the main road, circling in the sun for another load. I hear you singing in the wire. I can hear you from the whine and the Wichita line when it's still on the line. That's what I thought. This, he can make you cry with a song. Oh, definitely. But your voice as well, that kind of, you know, that sort of little croak, little crack you've got in your voice sometimes. Yeah. Oh, man. Breaks my heart. That was a good song, boy. Wow, Jimmy was—I I gave Jimmy the whole, the whole shooting match with that, as far as you know, selling a lot of albums and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because there's also lesser-known Jimmy songs, Christian No, which mm-hmm. is was a great song. Where's yeah. the Playground, Susie? I think that was Jimmy. Yeah, that was Jimmy. Yeah, which is one of my favorite of your yeah. songs. Uh, with, oh, well, thank with, you. It's yeah. just you know, the end is come. You know, it's a good song. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah, I. I well, it made me sit. One of those. I am a lineman for the county. I get to the right road. Turn over for the center of the road. I hear you singing in the wire. I can hear you through the whine. But the Wichita lineman is still on the line. I got. Uh, it, it, he made me cry on one of them, and I got up and got in my old car and took off and went to Arkansas, <laughs> crying all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to go home because I'm one of twelve kids, you know, and I wasn't used to to being, you know. <laughs> Not many people you know around you, you know, like that. Um, I guess one of the biggest hits, one of the biggest hits in this country, Rhinestone Cowboy, mm. which is yeah, still played right. today. A great story. How did you come oh. across Rhinestone Cowboy? Do you remember? Golly, you know anything about that? You heard a cut on the radio, and then you went and bought the album. Oh, yeah. And um, you just changed the tempo. And, and, it, was, and it was in an album. Made it a little he faster. Said, what it, I've been walking these streets so long. That's the way the guy did it. Singing the same old song. It's written song. by Larry Weiss. Larry Weiss. Yeah, that was the guy's name. And I just, I just boy, when I, I just, <laughs> my hair stood up when I heard that. Even, I, I could I could hear that through the way he did it. Mm-hmm. That it was a really good song then. Because it was, uh, it was a me, I, me, I song. Yeah, and, and, and people, people for some reason they're like me on that thing you know when you get something that really taps you taps you it makes you want to go home and see mom and dad it did with me anyway and it's it's your story as well in that song it's almost yeah, as if you it wrote definitely it definitely was it's so famous i was recently on holiday in japan 
in a very bizarre Japanese country and Western bar. And I got up on stage with the band and th- I said, Do you know Rhinestone Cowboy? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, so we, I, played, I sang Rhinestone Cowboy with a Japanese country and Western band. It was the weirdest experience. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. That's great. But they, they, they were just awesome. That, that was a heck of a song. Yeah. It's a me, I, I, me song. Mm. And that's why pe- people like to say it. Yeah. Uh, you're playing a lot of concerts now. You're doing a big tour of the UK. Do you still enjoy performing live? Oh yeah, I do. But I got my I got my band now, so everything's cool. Mm. I got my kids, my daughter, and my two sons, and a friend of theirs, <laughs> and, and me. Does that does that mean you get to pay them less? No. Oh, you you, you, you pay them more. Okay, I saw. Well, they sticking me on that. I said we don't. We're going to have to work for scale, Dad. And I said you're lucky if you get scale. <laughs> they they have their own band, Instant People, and they're going to be yeah. opening for Glenn when he does the tour over here. Yeah. What kind of what kind of the country and western or? No, they're they're indie pop. Yeah, they're really good. Oh, fantastic! You can check them out on YouTube or instantpeoplemusic.com. Cal, uh, Cal was born first uh, of our killed children, and uh, boy, he, he was right there just sitting up going, crying. He's a drummer. He was a drummer before he could sit, before he could walk. He was sitting down there. Cal played drums for Jimmy Webb when Jimmy Webb toured the UK. Yeah. How weird is that? It's the whole circle, you know, going round again. Yeah. It really is, and they oh, hang out so with um, Harry Nielsen's son, Kipo Nielsen, too. Yeah. So you talk about songwriters, Harry I Nielsen, know. man. My, I've got a little boy, eighteen months old, and he likes having all those saucepans around him with with um, wooden spoons. And the other day, I swear to God, he went one, two, three, four, and he counted himself <laughs> in. He's eighteen months old. I don't want a drummer in the house; it'd be, <laughs> be too noisy. So you enjoy the touring. Oh, that's- Going back ever so slightly, True Grit. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't do more acting, sir, because you're a fine actor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you not enjoy True Grit filming it? Well, yes, I did, but I was scared to death. Yeah, here was John Wayne, and and I think to start out on John Wayne, he said, Come on, you know, and I'd tell him, I said, How do you do this? So he said, Just do it, you know, you just talk it and don't, but oh my God. Can you imagine doing your first one with John Wayne? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, he, he, did you know the story about that? When no. John Wayne came up, I was doing some uh, doing something in the straight in the your TV show. The TV okay. show. We that was that was we were in mid with it and then blah blah and I, everybody was gone out and here comes this John Wayne with this kid about this high. His daughter, and, and it was his daughter, you know. And he says, "Is there Glenn Campbell here?" <laughs> I said, yeah, John, I said, yeah, or whatever. You know. I said, and he said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, where are you?" And I said, "I'm I'm Glenn Campbell." <laughs> and he said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, you must be all right because my daughter likes you." <laughs> and he, his daughter wanted to come out in. Get an autograph. Fantastic. And that's what he said. And he, we, he was laughing about it. And I said, he said, uh, you want to do a movie? <laughs> yeah, I, go on then, Mr. Wayne, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> I know it. But I said, I, I said... He said, I said, I, I said, I've never acted before. And he said, well, that don't make no difference. He said, I can do it all anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, let's talk about, uh, and, and Kim, let's talk about the new album. 
Oh yeah. Uh, Kim, can you just tell it to me, what's the new album called and, and, and how did it come about? It's called Ghost on the Canvas, mm-hmm. and um, that's the title song that's written by Paul Westerberg. And um, he and Glenn and his producer, Julian Raymond, did um, a cover album called Meet Glenn Campbell. Of course, yeah, it's a great album. And when they were recording it, Julian would write down all the things that Glenn would say to him in a journal throughout the day and then Julian put those things to music so four of the songs are co-written by Glenn and Julian Raymond and I think they they really reflect um, Glenn what he's going through this stage in in his life and um, then they got together and they listened through um, a bunch of other songs and had different writers submit like Jacob Dylan wrote a song nothing Mm. on the album and Nothing. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's really That's good. That's going to be a hit, mm. <laughs> I think. Have you heard it? No, we've just been given oh. the album now, so I'm going to listen to it this afternoon. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I, that is a wide world. Nothing, nothing. I think that's going to, that could be a hit. You've got one of those voices that gets better with age. It just gets richer, oh. I think. Because some singers, they get old and you think, well, they're kind of... Your voice just gets richer and richer. Are you, are you proud of the album? Are you, are you happy with it? Yeah. I'm I'm real I'm, ha- I'm real happy with it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> and did you play guitar on it as well? You you playing a few licks? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we we I don't I, I it's like I always said that when I because when I when I was doing studio work, I would actually because of that. I would just come in at that thing and sit down and, and do me the kind of rhythm thing that mm. I want on the on the mm. car, but not and not on not in, not during the session. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Well, no, I just I'd check it out and see, and you know if it was okay, it was okay. If it wasn't, I'd just do it like I wanted. It, yeah, you know. I think you'll hear a lot of um, the influences from Glenn's past music on this album as well. Mm. Uh, mm. My da- our daughter plays banjo for him, and as she's learning the new music, she's going, "Mom, there's a." Wichita Lyman phrase underneath this or because she plays the strings on the synth too for him but um and and like the the of Wichita Lyman you'll hear some of those different iconic kind of sounds they've thrown into this album but it's all new and it's all very contemporary and it's just a fabulous album I really love it so I'm excited about it thank you Kim, we're going to play a song from the album. Which one would you two like us to play? Anything in particular? Maybe, maybe you can pick the obvious ones, or you can pick one that perhaps hasn't had much airplay. You choose. Okay. Um, well, I love Ghost on the Canvas, but I think I'll go with It's Your Amazing Grace. Okay. We'll yeah, that. that is. Good choice, Glenn. Are you happy with, with that choice? Oh, yeah. We'll have, we'll have that. We'll play another one of your songs uh, as well. I'm going to ask you, sir, my granddad had Alzheimer's. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's passed away now, God bless him, but... Um, it was. It wasn't fun. How are you coping? Are you? You seem very well. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't felt, felt anything from it yet. Yeah. Uh, they said you're going to have. You got Alzheimer's. I mean, but I hadn't. I don't. I hadn't felt anything different. I don't Fantastic. know why. Maybe I'm getting the right medicine. You, you, it could be. You're getting the good stuff this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and how are you finding the concerts with the Alzheimer's? Are you? you oh, okay? wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now I got an out. Mm. I said, if I make a mistake, <laughs> I got a lot of one-liners I can use. In just a moment, it came through back here. Okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> and Kim, I know that my nan struggled a lot living with my granddad when he was poorly. How, how are you finding it? 
Uh, everything's been fine so far. Um, it's been gradual. Mm. He's just a little forgetful. Um, he's using a teleprompter on stage. That that helps a lot. Mm. And um, his guitar playing's just as hot as ever. It just amazes us. Mm. I think music is a natural memory aid. Yeah. So um, that's good that that's his the business he's in. Um, he, he gets a little forgetful, but when you hear the melodies, it all just comes flooding back to him. And so we want to get out there and make music, you know, for this farewell tour, and then hopefully be able to kick back and take it easy. Oh yeah, yeah, Clayton. You should, at your age, sir. You should be relaxing by the pool, smoking a cigar, and just reading reading a book. Don't you? Shouldn't be doing a tour. <laughs> I, I like to play and sing. Yeah, and I, I, I really love it when my children were, were coming up and playing. You know, well, Dad, I want to do this new. Look at this, Dad. Ding, ding, ding. You know, and that was that was really great for me. And I said, and now I got my band. Mm. And uh, the guy and, and the buddy that he, he grew up with, basically, and it's just, just, just wonderful. Well, music, you know, music is the great healer, and I think that this this proves. It. And I think that you're right that once you're kind of you're, you're in that song, you're lost in that moment, and that takes mm-hmm. over. And it's it must be so much fun having your kids in the band as well. Yeah, what a joy that must be. Yeah. Glenn, listen, it's fantastic to meet you, Kim. Fantastic to meet you as well. Nice to meet you. I'm coming to see you at the Royal Festival Hall. Oh, great! So I'm, I'm, I want I want a song dedicated to me, sir. Otherwise, I'm going to be <laughs> okay. Definitely will. Glenn, it's lovely to meet you, Kim. Thank I you very much. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. <laughs> Did you ever hear that song? Like, yeah, I'm aware. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. I don't want that one dedicated to me. Or <laughs> <laughs> one of the hits. Hey, listen, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Can we get a couple of CDs signed? Yeah, is, that, is that okay? 